Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Bastards Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and the un- and the unfortunate news that we are still a thing. <laughs> My name is Michael Baker. I really thought we would be doing this this week, honestly. <laughs> I really hoped we were. Yeah. Uh, with me are Brad Polly, hello. Matt Polly. I have zero enthusiasm right now. And together we are the Inglorious Bastards. I am, somebody, somebody I am as soft as soft can be right somebody now. Somebody yeah. mentioned the fourth anniversary. I was like, <laughs> you're I funny. Am, I am podcast <laughs> impotent right now. Got nothing. Announcements. Uh, we've got, and we do have at least one more podcast that we're going to do. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ask the Void. Actually, it's in a few weeks, so it, we've got a couple, but we have to fill them between now and then. Ask the Void. Uh, we're doing an episode with Billy Patterson. So, any questions you have for uh, the Void, uh, atheism related? Ask an atheist. Uh, any anything about that? Uh, call four eight four Pastard. That's four eight four seven two seven eight three seven three. We're gonna do it with voicemail this time. Ask for Jimmy. This is not an ask a pastor. It's an ask a void. Yeah. So <laughs> any, any, which is what we're titling it, right? Yes. Ask the void. Ask the void. So yeah. if you would like to ask, ask the void, anything call for eight, four pastor. All right. Um, yeah, that's, let's, let's do this thing. Yeah. The sooner the better. <laughs> hey, 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 what are you drinking? Hey, hey. Your there, what the fuck is wrong with you? My fucking hand's numb. Always. My hand always is numb. Didn't you have surgery to fix that? Yeah, it didn't work. How's that working out? God damn it, man. You have a nice scar. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't do any good, but it's I have what, a nice scar. That's what chronic masturbation will do to you. This is your the sins of your high school years will follow you to adulthood. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um so what are we drinking? Oh. <laughs> Uh, from the uh, Lancasters, from uh, Florida. Yeah, uh, Lancasters. Yeah, Shane. Potatoes. Yes. And Cri- Christy. Yeah. Kristen. Yes. All right. So <laughs> to make sure we have, we're talking about the same ones, not the the Game of Thrones ones. No. Yeah, that's the ones we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Is the Game of Thrones. Well, Even though it's not whiskey. Lancaster, it's Lannister. But okay, uh, never seen it. <laughs> You haven't either. I did see the first season. I haven't either. I, I, did watch I haven't the, either, and I still know that. I, I, I did actually watch the first season, uh, and then it just took too long for episodes to come out. Anyway. What are we drinking? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Orange Blossom Brewing Company. Their Honey Pilsner. I really Orange like Blossom this, Pilsner. Yeah. I didn't. My first drink, I didn't really care for it. I really enjoy it. I poured I, it into a glass, and it's it's nice. It's a good Pilsner, man. Yeah, I really okay, like it. Okay, I'm better with it now. I mean, you just may not like yeah. Pilsners. I mean, I, but no, I do. I mean, I'll, go, I'll drink Pilsners. It's yeah. nice. I like it. Yeah. It has 2.3 teaspoons of pure orange blossom honey in every can. Hey, it's a lot of honey. Yeah. I like honey. Wild honey. Yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. We got some more. We got, I'd, God, I'd we have so those, much beer. I'd in throw the those next. back in the summer. Yeah, it would be mm-hmm. good. It's a good hot weather beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I'm sure we'll have something else later. So the Lancasters. We have so much fucking the, booze, man. The Lancasters. Lancasters. The Lancasters. Lancasters. Yeah, we kind of, kind of got a lot of beer and stuff. From yeah, people, we've so. got all kinds of stuff. Um, I do some hard stuff later. I got some very exciting shit coming up too, just for you guys. Do you? Yeah, I got one, just one very exciting shit thing coming. up. Wait, like today? Today, yeah. It's a little surprise. <laughs> Neat. Because um, <laughs> so, there's anything I like, it's Michael surprises. With, <laughs> With bated breath, do I wait? Yes. 
Um, so the, this proverbial round, while well, the beer is not on this person, uh, the, the, the proverbial round yeah. uh, is on Brian Stapleton, hey. Chris's brother. <laughs> you beat me to it. Or Vince? Is it Vince Stapleton, I think? No, it's Staple. It's not Vince Stapleton. My I don't know. It's Vince Staples. Uh, same guy. No. No. <laughs> no. Really Very not. much not so. No. Does he own the, the Staples like, no, supply Michael, chain? No, Michael, he doesn't. God damn it. He should. If he, he does, should. at this point, you could probably get that for like a pack of camels and a twelve pack of Natty Light, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's not worth a whole lot. You guys hear that new uh, Vince Office Max album drop? It's pretty great, Michael. <laughs> no, see, you fucking laugh at him. That's not even funny, and you fucking laugh at it. God damn no. it! That's kind of funny. It was a slow burner. It no, it was a no burner. No, Vince what? Office Max. My God. All right. Brian Stapleton. <laughs> Why are we still doing this? I don't know. It's just like a thing that we have to do now. It's like uh it's like it's like muscle memory. We're just showing up. Whoops, Tuesday or Wednesday. Better go to Matt's house. <laughs> better. That's where I I get my beer. Gotta go. I, I was having a really good day with my wife, with my kids when they got home. It's like, ah, oh, god damn it. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go do this shit. <laughs> All right, uh, so Brian Stapleton, fan of the podcast, said, uh, so Brian Stapleton is, is from Northeast Arkansas. Oh, he's our one listener in Arkansas. Yes. Yeah. He is the one After that we went, completely dragged his state. He was like, well, actually. Let me we dragged you. his state through the southern muck. So I, and he's I like, like, well, I guess I should give those guys money. I've been to Jonesboro <laughs> twice. It's a fucking cesspool of humidity. And it is a humid place. Oh, my God. It's the hottest I've ever been in my life. And I live in Indiana, which is normally pretty hot in the summer. Yeah, no, it's It was fucking, like it yeah. was like walking into a sauna mm-hmm. 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, Arkansas, you got a diamond of the south. Oh, Arkansas, won't put a bad taste in your mouth. No matter what they say about the A-R-K, it'll always be home sweet home to me. Did you just make that up? No. <laughs> Did you write that today? No, I did not. I don't know what a fast forward button. <laughs> wait, is. wait, wait. So, is that an that, actual song? It's a, I don't. I, I I know it's a song. I don't know who wrote it though. Somebody wrote it, and it was good enough for me to remember. Um, I, I'm I'm constantly astounded. Like, generally, like legitimately See, done astounded. You, no, what you should have he done. He can't is, even find his own fucking home, but he can remember no, a song lyric like what that. What you should have done is told me, yes, I created that. Yes. I would have been super impressed. Well, somebody would be like, well, actually, that's a song from. <laughs> yeah, somebody uh, Googled that shit. Jimmy Smith's yeah. jazz album. <laughs> well, a Jimmy Smith's reference. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know that he even plays jazz, but I don't think he, he seems like he, he does would. now. Yeah. Hey, Siri. Siri! Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. God damn it, you worthless sack of shit. Does Jimmy Smith play jazz? Oh, my God. No, he plays jazz? Oh, it's Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. (laughs) That's mustard greens. Get my mojo working. (laughs) It's, uh... All right. Yeah. Such I was really hoping yeah. for a little bit more Bail Organa. <laughs> <laughs> Guest spot by uh, Size Noodles. <laughs> Great. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Brian Stapleton. Uh, 
Brian Stapleton is from uh, Northeast <laughs> Arkansas. I like uh, that he specified Northeast because apparently the rest of it's just shit. <laughs> Only Northeast is the best. Nope, been through there too. Um, uh, and he grew up in the Free Will Baptist Church. Man, I, that uh, sounds the greatest terrible. oxymoron ever. Yeah, Free Will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he noped out after a uh, few years. <laughs> he ago. noped. He noped out, out a, a few years ago uh, when the preacher said. How long will it be before they take our guns away from us? Oh, wow. Like, yep. Well, hopefully about next week because it's he ridiculous. Said it, said it from the pulpit. Um, that made him finally stop straddling the fence on the evangelical church. Uh, he is happily married with two kids and a couple of flat-faced dogs. <laughs> like, like pugs, I'm assuming? I, I would assume. He didn't send pictures. Or he just keeps hitting them with shovels until they, like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Boom! Uh, Arkansas face hound. Fun fact, he has lived one year longer than Jesus. So. <laughs> Arkansas face hound! <laughs> Thanks, Brian Stapleton. Thanks, man. Thanks, Chris's brother. We love you. Your brother's really overrated as a musician. I'm just no, going to go ahead and say No, he's not bad. I, I don't get it. I don't Tennessee get it either. River. I try. It's it's literally, it's just modern country. No, it's, no, no, no. Yes, it no. fucking is. It's not modern country. No. Yeah, it kind of is. It Have totally, you guys listened to yes, modern yes. country? Yes, Put it on 102.3 and you'll yes, hear I was at Walmart country. today, so yes, I heard modern country. And it was <laughs> yeah. literally, Mandy and I are walking around, and every five <laughs> seconds, one of us is like, oh, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Like every time a new song came out, like, fucking awful. Well, thanks, Brian. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Glad we could roast you into oblivion. <laughs> he knew what he was uh, getting into. <laughs> if you'd like to buy us around. He's not new here. Head on over to <laughs> patreon.com slash pastors podcast. It'll get you access to the spinoff podcast, access to the pastors pub. It gives us money for the fourth episode. That's never going to happen. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a <laughs> Ponzi scheme. Don't, don't book those flights yet. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> it's a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, you're going to wait for confirmation on that one <laughs> next year. Uh, fourth anniversary. Tickets if it's, if it's a thousand dollars, if it's, <laughs> if it's going to happen, we're going to announce it about two weeks before it happens. <laughs> Whoever shows up, shows up. So nobody shows up and go, well, look, nobody well, fucking shows up. We'll be recording the episode on our iPhone. It'll be great. <laughs> Sitting in the corner of a bar. Yeah. You can hear everybody else in the bar. I've always wanted to tell you I fucking hate you. I hate you. Preferably a bar with a live musician playing that night. <laughs> Some uh, solid acoustic covers yeah. of mid '90s Dave Matthews tunes. Yeah, uh, baby. Things discussed in the pub this week. Story Indiana is for sale. So if you want to, yeah, don't buy it because the owner's a sack of shit. You don't want to give him money. Yeah, he really is just he's 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 trying to cover legal costs he's because he's a you terrible person. The ex- the expenses, and he's gonna lease his property from you. Yeah. Also, it's in the middle of bumfuck Brown County, so <laughs> he's the one have to deal with the bureaucratic. Any, any town you have to go turn right at Gnawbone and keep going. I didn't know anything about like story Indiana. In, oh, I knew about it, but and I knew about the story in, but like I didn't know somebody was I saw that it was for sale and I was like, oh that's interesting. And then I saw somebody follow on Instagram was like, Hey, Google Michael Hofstetter ruins a wedding. Or was it Richard? Richard Hofstetter ruins ruins wedding. <laughs> and I Dickie did. Hofstetter. So what this guy did is he's being getting the shit suit out of him because somebody rented out the story in for their wedding yeah and he decided he was gonna just hit on the bride hit on her mom what yeah wow like he got fucking hammered like he got hammered he's like driving around in a golf cart i guess <laughs> hammered drunk 
he's like driving the like kids around and like and then he like yeah he told never has there ever been a more appropriate time for this drop he, yeah exactly yeah he hit on her he hit on the bride's mom yeah nice yep really really great person so he's being sued yeah would be why he's selling it well he's bare he he's He's not really even like he's selling the rights to it, but it's like he's still going to rent like half the yeah, shit off of it. I know. It's so. stupid. Don't buy it. Uh, somebody should buy it and then evict him. <laughs> That's what should happen. <laughs> uh, we uh, have some Jeff Taco <clears throat> and Santiago mugs. Yep. I got my mug this week. Yeah. Do you have a website for that? So people. We are not doing it. It's through. Okay. Well, I just thought Alan. maybe our listeners wanted to buy some. Uh, hit us up on Twitter and we'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. I'll copy and paste the link. Yeah, we don't get any money for these. Yeah, we don't get any money mm. for that. So maybe Alan said he'd buy us around. So I'm I'm anxiously waiting with bated breath. <laughs> yeah. For the for Alan the half, well, for the half dozen waiting. Well. <laughs> That's a great catch um, reference. Also discussed how creepy Uncle Joe Biden is. Yeah, he's so, a little, I mean he's kind. Of, why are people just now seeing this? Yeah, it's right. everywhere, man. I mean, he's kind of been that way for. Yeah. Ever? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I yeah. well, it's it's the it's the culture we live in right now. Yeah. The, the culture of Democrats e- already eating themselves yeah. before the election. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Spend uh, five seconds in the every candidate politics so, group. It's so think. funny because every like every candidate that I've seen like starts to gain momentum, and then I just watch liberals just tear them down to shreds, mm-hmm. like. Pete Buttigieg, he's like the new it guy. I saw somebody today. I was like, I can't vote for him. He's this, this, and this. He's white and male. I'm like, good God. Like, you just, it's like watching the world's dumbest snake eat itself. Yeah. It's just, yep. just chew its own tail. Like, it's yep. Christ. Most unpopular president in history, and the Democrats are going to find a way to fuck it up. Yep. God. <laughs> it's true. Oh, it's sad, but true. Um, Ugh. Also, uh, we went to the Derek Webb house show. Oh, it was awesome. Target's pre-release. Dude, like, that dude, That took some serious balls to put on an electric one-man show. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah. And he did it. And, and he it did was it. really good. I was, like, halfway expecting some, like, drum machine joy in there. but there I was, was, too, actually. And there was none of it. He, the only thing like, he nope, had was his, he had a, a, a modulator for his voice. Yeah. Like, he throw some reverb yeah. on it. And he did that occasionally. And yeah. then he had his pedal board. And that was it. That was I mean, it, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, it was really it was good. Great. The The show was great, and the album is really Oh, my fun. God. Yeah. I've listened to it four times. Yeah. I, probably, I had to stop myself. Like, it's, like 35, like it's like 35 minutes of just straight rock, mm-hmm. like, yep. and it's really good. God, the opening riff is just yeah, filthy is. as fuck. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's really Man, good. it's dirty. Not anything like any no. Derek Webb you've heard before. Nope. So. So Not even close. We have to at least keep the podcast till the album drops. <laughs> So yeah, we can talk we to him about it back it. on. Yeah, so this is all on Derek, and he agreed to come back on. We just well, don't on, say it's all on Derek. People say don't come on our podcast, so we don't end. <laughs> if you fuckers do that, then we're definitely quitting forever. <laughs> um, also, uh, so subgroups. You, we wanted. To, are we gonna? We wanna talk about? Yeah, that this yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a god. There's so many I didn't even know it's about. Crazy. So we've got a lot of subgroups, and what subgroups are? So we've got the Pastors Pub. It's a. It's the main group where. Kind of everything happens. Patreon.com slash Pastors Podcast. Uh, yep. And then uh, f- branching off of that, there have been s- many subgroups where people can go and have like deeper conversations about different things. We've got um, wellness group. We've got the, the Pastors Fitness, which is probably 
one of the, if not the oldest one, it's like probably the one of the oldest ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so pastor's fitness used to be called turd fitness. Um, yeah. You changed them all this week. We recent well, yeah. uh, in the last like cut like took like three weeks. Well, yeah, all, but you you did change all them back all. In. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, we've got mindfulness, which is a newer one. Um, and we've got some um somebody who's on the Insight uh timer um app, and she's yeah. doing um mm -hmm. uh, every day she's doing fifteen minutes of like silent meditation. I mean, I haven't video. done it yet. I haven't had you time can, you to can go back and. I know and I'm going to. Well, I just so. yeah, because I've done her meditations before, and they're. Phenomenal. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, we, it, it's, it's a great way to share best tips. And well, we have, quotes. um, like under career stuff, we have like uh, pastor's turd vision. Yep. Uh, and edu, 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 educators, 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 <laughs> <It's> educators, <laughs> educators. Yep. Yeah. Um, the turd vision, just people who are looking for career advice and I mean, shit like that. And, yep. we got the chronic fillnet art. Chronic illness, chronic physical <laughs> illness support group. Yeah, um, we've got the vegetarians, so vegetarians mm -hmm. and vegans and people that are veg curious. Uh, it's called the uh, <laughs> insufferturds. Yes, that's exactly what it's called. God. I'm just kidding. Love you, everybody. At Brad, at Polly. Yeah, go ahead. Brad. Go ahead. At Polly, name Brad. In the pub. Relax, Keegan. It. We're joking. Um, the uh, I think probably the most important one that that I think took too long to get to was the LGBTQIA plus mm -hmm. group. Um, Which is actually different than, and, and that is different than the other ones. That one is actually a secret group. The other ones are just private uh, secret group. It protects your, no one can see that you're in that group. Mm -hmm. uh, people can see that you're in the other shit. Um, if they're digging around, if they just happen yeah. to stumble upon it. But uh, that one is a secret to protect people who are, are questioning and figuring, figuring shit out. Yep. Uh, we've got a, a um, Catholic group called the Whores of Babylon. <laughs> Which is just fantastic, <laughs> so man. Yep. Uh, we've got some fandom uh, groups. We've got a Star Wars group, uh, which is pretty bopping. We've got a comics group, a YouTube group, our U2 group. Yeah. Um, where the pub has no name. <laughs> we've got uh, sports groups for football, baseball, hockey, uh, wrestling. Yep. So there's some debate. Does, does wrestling go in uh, the fandom category or the, <laughs> the sports? God damn it. <laughs> I put it in sports. Um, and then we've got uh, the public library. We're talking about all kinds of different books. Yeah. Um, and then poetry <clears throat> in the pub where people share poetry. And uh, everybody's least favorite group, the uh, pastor's politics group. So. Yep. I mean, there's 18 total from and, what you've got there. And so. the, I mean, it's the, funny because I think I'm only in about three of them. I'm in three maybe? or four of them. Yeah, yeah that's in, about it. I think I'm in all of them. Yeah, I definitely am in all of them. The politics one, it actually is, there's some good conversation in there. It's just. Yeah, they don't want me in there. No, yeah, they they don't want I'm me in six. So. <laughs> Somebody tagged one of you in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I and I was like, oh, he's not in here. <laughs> like, there's no, you couldn't pay him. No. Literally, you pay him to, for, for this podcast. He's not coming. No, in this no, way. absolutely nope. not. Not even a little there bit. There is no way. Nope. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, anyway. It's just the, the idea is it's not just the pub. Yeah. Is that there's groups within the pub where you can talk about special things that are important to you. Yeah. Outside of just the normal pub stuff. So. Yep. Yep. And if you're thinking about starting a, a subgroup, obviously it needs to go through me so I can set that up. So it's they're all linked. Um, and then, um, you know, yeah. uh, there's gotta be more, we just than, more than just your interest. We just never talked about it before. It's just, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And uh, yeah, do we want to do Fat Pastors or CCM Corner first? CCM. <laughs> okay, so this is okay. Let me do the CCM. Are we do? Hey, <laughs> come over and have a seat. This is CCM Corner. So this isn't really CCM Corner, uh, but it is a song that somebody sent to me uh, in in direct reply to last week's episode, which was the live event. Uh, this is from Patrick Gott. It is a cover slash parody version of a Zach Brown band song. So, okay, um, it's <laughs> this is like this is like a shit layer cake. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm just saying, buckle up. Uh, <laughs> Onions have layers and ogres have layers. All right. <laughs> Patrick Gott. Shitty country Christian mashups have Saint, many Saint layers. Saint Patrick Gott. So here we go. <clears throat> Lyrical content is very important in this. I've been wanting you for so long I can't remember. She's the only one that I want to set my eyes upon. And even if I say that I'm not from Indiana, <laughs> in the hills outside Martinsville, there's a girl with handcuffs on. Oh, God damn it. Damn it. Jesus Christ. God damn it. Because that blindfold's getting tired. Wow. Sweetheart, we've been living out of fantasy. And one day I'll have my way. I'll finally hear you say, just who's your daddy now? Wow. Holy shit. Is this what you were talking about? Well, I'm about to break the old, uh... Wow! Wow! That's no, uh, not Debbie. over. We got we got a second chord, a second verse. No promise to be quiet. And heading south with the ball in my mouth, <laughs> I have too much to say. And I've heard before that you're dead to Richard Roll. But I only want you more, and for me it's not too late. Sweet Debbie, can I stay with you a while? Is that blindfold's getting tired around those eyes? This is so Sweet fucking sick. It is so creepy and wrong. I am profoundly and uncomfortable. So right. I'll have my way, and I'll finally hear you say, "Just who's your daddy now?" I don't know what a fast forward button is. <laughs> Sweet. Oh my god. That is my mother. Turn off the I... lights, you know those ropes will hold you. Jesus. Why are we doing this? Over again. <laughs> Come a little closer now so I can show you. My god. The things that I bought for you. Make it stop. No, God. No, God, please, no. 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 want to live. No. Can I stay with you while? Everybody now. That blindfold's getting tired around those eyes. Okay, just, just ask a question. How many times have you listened to this? 
couple times. And one day I'll have my way, and I'll finally hear you say, who's your daddy now?" My God, I wonder. Make it. You know, I wonder what was going to end this podcast if I just figured out what it was. Yeah. So everybody can look up Patrick Gott for My the reason this podcast God. ended. <laughs> thanks, Patrick. Yeah, if there's a hell, you're definitely going to burn <laughs> yeah. in it. Like, yeah, thanks, Patrick. Yeah, great. Definitely going to burn for really that. Really doing the Lord's work on that one, buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's marvelous. Wow. Uh, <gasps> Jesus what the hell are you doing? My God. Uh, that's right. Go ahead. I... <laughs> I, I I'm literally speechless. <laughs> literally speechless. Oh, I hit the wrong. I'm not eating anything. I'm on whole thirty, so I'm not. Sorry. <laughs> you can eat one thing. Nah, I'm good. You can eat one fucking nah, thing. I'm good. These are uh, from Jen Flynn McCormick, what who came by my house. These are Welch's multigrain fruit puffs. So they're like baby puffs for Concord adults, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Are they they're really solid job of not opening those before the podcast started? Oh, did you open them? Did you offer to open them? They were sitting right next to you. Did you offer to open them? They were sitting literally. Did you offer to open them? For fuck's sake. No, I'm not having any. Those look awful. How are we rating these? Oh, gosh. That one that you just ate looked like a dog's penis. (laughs) It definitely has a dog lipstick. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, it really kind of does. Wow. It's It's a purple puff, basically. It looks like something you'd give to an infant, basically. <laughs> but tastes like the blood of Christ. <laughs> mm, it's Christ puffs. No, yeah. no, it's not. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's totally Christ mm-hmm. puffs. You know what? I would actually. No, eat it's those. Baptist Christ puffs. I'll give those like a three and a half. I would eat those actually. Well, you didn't right, have Welch's in your in your church. Yeah. Well, why are you saying Baptist? Well, we might as well have been Baptist. It's the same shitty theology. <laughs> Six one half a dozen of another. The cornerstone of Christ is Welch's. No. They're sweet. They're those, like, are, those are weird. Yeah, they're weirdly I'm delicious. not eating a peep. Come on. No, I'm not eating a peep because I fucking hate peeps. You can take a bite. No, I'm not taking a bite. I'm not eating a peep. <laughs> peeps are disgusting. That's a nice toss. Rather have one of those nasty fermented salted plums from Japan or whatever. It was. Oh my god, those were the worst. Still might be the worst. Might thing. be the worst thing. And we've, we've had, ever had Vegemite, and that still might be the worst thing we've. These had. are sour watermelon peeps. Green on the outside, pink on the inside. Boy, those it's Welch's, those Welch's puffs had not a great aftertaste on that. I'm kind of. Oh, wow. I was fine with them. These puffs aren't these peeps aren't bad. They're just peeps. I mean, they're they're watermelon flavored peeps. They're yeah. not. They're are they sour though? Yeah, a, a little, little bit. bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm, yeah. I give it a two. soft two. I give it a soft two. Yeah, I'll give those. <laughs> what I'll your those. wife said too. <laughs> no, she said I'll take a soft two. <laughs> I'll take whatever you can give me. Soft two is fine. <laughs> That's why I'm giving this podcast. <laughs> I like those Welch's Puffs, man. Those are okay. Yeah, yeah I would snack fine. on those. Well, have at it. I'm going to. Yeah. Got, a, got a bag right there. Yeah, all yours, buddy. Yeah. Here you go. When I go to the world's worst store tomorrow, I'll be taking those with me. <laughs> all right. Well, without further ado. Lock up your fears, dry all your tears, refill your fears. We're headed into the new speed. Yeah. 
from uh, KUTV, where news is on your side. Mm-hmm. Utah mother charged for giving children lap dances, drugs, alcohol, what? a birthday Jesus. party. How old are the kids? <sighs> Salt Lake City. A Weber County woman is facing a slew of different charges related to her alleged actions at a child's birthday party at her Harrisville home. According to charging documents, 40-year-old Rihanna Renee Nevins, Nevins partied with at least 12 minors, ranging uh, in age uh, from 14 to 17, uh, on February 9th. Nope. Police say during the party, minors drank alcohol and smoked marijuana, Dude. and Nivens knew about it, hey even joining guys, in to drink with some of the teens. Kuma. Yeah. Let's Want to smell my cooter? You want some? No, give it a minute. The minors told police at one point, Nivens went upstairs where, according to court documents, she, quote, put on a risque outfit, which they described as red and black lingerie, which exposed the defendant's breasts, buttocks, and vagina. So, crotchless, nippleless. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> when in Rome? Is that what you were going to say right no, there? No, that's a shit You were going to say when no, in Rome, weren't you? I was not going to say when in Rome. <laughs> that is a Rome I never Police say Nivens. When in Rome, Utah. Police say Nivens <laughs> danced sexually for about 10 minutes, including giving several minors lap dances. Sexually? Dude. Well, I mean, is there any other way like, when you're ready? Re- can you possibly be thinking? I mean, well, really, like. I just want to know what her song choice was. <laughs> The wreck of the Edmund that, Fitzgerald. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably listen to from the lake they call Gitchy Gumi. <laughs> I, I think she she seems like a more a smooth jazz <laughs> Jimmy Smith. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was a, uh, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, um, what a gross person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She faces following charges, four counts of dealing in harmful material to a minor by an adult, all third-degree felonies, four counts of lewdness, a Class B misdemeanor. How's that a Class B misdemeanor? Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. She, she grinded her open so, vagina and butt question, if on... That's a, if that's a guy doing that to 14- to 17-year-old women, he's girls, going to jail. there's no way that's a misdemeanor. Like, four counts this is of bullshit. The worst thing that she did was giving them alcohol and drugs. Like, that's the felony. The other ones are just misdemeanors. Four counts of contributing to the delinquency of a minor. A class B <sighs> misdemeanor. Like, Jeez. that's the worst thing she did was giving them drugs. She ground her open vagina and ass and titties <laughs> on 14 to 17-year-old <laughs> minors. Like, and that's the worst thing she did was giving them drugs. That's what she's getting charged for. According to the law. Well, yeah. I mean, who else, Michael? Well, I don't mean, I mean that's obviously not the worst thing. No, but that, according to the law, that's the worst thing she did. <laughs> <laughs> I just what, what what is going on? I don't. God, I'm just bringing the, I'm just bringing the news. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> yep. I love how you just yelled that in the middle of your house. <laughs> Poor Beth just walking by and hearing that. <sighs> What is wrong with people? I don't. I don't like. I don't know. Like, like, what can you possibly be thinking? I don't know. I really don't. Like, it's it's uh, it's unbelievable. She's the cool mom. That's uh, Mormon town too. What's her name? Is her name Heather? She seems like a Heather. Karen, Denise. What's her name? Diane. Yeah, Rihanna. Rihanna. Mm -hmm. Rihanna Renee Nivens. Yeah. Yep. 
Go ahead. You're you, you're I'm thinking not, of something inappropriate. So I'm go not, ahead, Michael. Just say it. No. Uh, apparently, one of the teens recorded the event. Uh, so uh, <laughs> of course they did. It was on Snapchat. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I can smell it through the screen. All right. <laughs> what else you got? Smell a vision. Snapchat. Smell a vision. <laughs> All right, what else you got? <laughs> is that it? Is that, is that no. CK1 I smell? <laughs> CK1 and Duna. <laughs> you beat me to it. Damn it. <laughs> CK's new phrase, new new fragrance, Ode Adriatic. <laughs> Ooh, de low tide. <sighs> well, <sighs> a lot of a lot of, of low hanging fruit in this yep. story. All right, what else do you well, have? Depending on how old she was, you might be right. Yeah, <laughs> thinking there were a couple of low hanging Spe- fruits, specifically actually. melons. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yep, <laughs> maybe a little. Maybe a little beef, too. Oh. <laughs> oh well, there. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm hanging up dot wave. I'm hanging up. Yeah. Jeez. No, 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 Good Lord. <laughs> All right. What else else? do you have? Move on, please. <laughs> Next. Chelsea uh, from uh, Channel 4 New York. Uh, Chelsea resident sues sex shop over six-foot sewage wall caused by buildup of condoms, diapers, and rubber gloves. Hmm. What? <laughs> what? A Chelsea resident is suing a local sex shop after she claims her home became uninhabitable due to sewage leak. Caused by a buildup of condoms, diapers, and rubber gloves. Susan Har diapers filed a lawsuit. Hold on, diapers. Somebody flushed diapers. Susan Har Har uh, and rubber gloves filed a lawsuit Tuesday against you know. Se- wait, against Sexy Boutique. I'm guessing it's neither sexy nor boutique. You know, I've had sex dozens of times in my <laughs> life. At no point have I ever gone. You know what this really needs is some rubber gloves and a diaper. diaper. (laughs) Um, Well, you know. There it is. There it is. is. You know what they say about rubber gloves and diapers. I don't know. (laughs) No, no, it's not a question. Like... I love when he starts a joke and has no yes, ending. Or no middle, no ending. He just has a beginning. Just... Susan Har filed a lawsuit Tuesday against Sexy <clears throat> Boutique, which is located at uh, for all New York residents. It's residence. literally just called Sexy Boutique. Yeah. <laughs> That's just straight to the point. I'm guessing it's neither of those things. <laughs> which is it's located... Like that- Massage well, parlor called They couldn't job. get fuck house. <laughs> it, was already, it, was already it was already patented. taken. It was already taken. Yeah. Um, which is located for our New York residents at 155 8th Avenue. Uh, she's seeking $2 million damages after she says the repeated flooding wrecked the furnished basement of her townhouse. According to the suit, sewage has occasionally risen above the baseboards, Ooh. soaking into the walls up to a height of six oh. feet. Oh. The walls, floors, and cabinetry were saturated in waste, <clears throat> which has resulted in an irreparable and stinky situation. Dude. Har, a quote-unquote playwright, 
meaning she's a waitress, what? purchased a townhouse at three or four three or four West 18th Street in 2010 at a foreclosure auction. She says she's been struggling with intermittent flooding since last November. Ten days after she put her home up on the market multiple times, Har has been forced to leave her home because of this. The suit says a camera probe. Oh God! Ew. Conducted on December 11th, confirmed that the reason for the backup originated in the sex shop. The lawsuit claims that despite reaching out, Sexy Boutique has not responded to her complaints. Um, yeah, like that's the whole thing. They, like Sexy Boutique hasn't responded. Like, first of all, use it's, condoms at a sex shop. Like, what the fuck right. is going it's on? Accusation oh, is baseless. What uh, the fuck is going on at this sex shop? Like, you can't just go there and buy, like, something to fist yourself with. Gerald like in the back room wearing his creepy, adult diaper. Creepy Gerald. Like, like, you can't just go buy a vibrator and a he's fisting a, thing and be done. Like has got a pacifier, like, adult diaper. Like, how much is going into the sewage? He likes to be breastfed. I'm just going to let him finish. I... If he's a naughty boy, he gets a spanking. Oh, they couldn't get the name Glory Hole Bizarre? Yeah, I don't, like... <laughs> Like I can't figure this whole thing, I can't figure this whole thing out. Like, like a six foot sewage wall, like a six foot wall of it like, can't just be from this. There's no way. Like she, they, the lawsuit says it is. I mean, it's my wonder world. <laughs> so maybe I'm done. Creepy Gerald's in the back room. <laughs> Creepy Gerald <laughs> sucking on his passy. I'm thinking, never mind. Right. I got, I'm done. I don't give a shit anymore. Dr. Michael Dick, free on bail in patient sex abuse case. Dr. Michael Dick. Dick. Dr. Oh, Mikey, Mikey Dick. Dicks. Oh, Mikey Dick. Uh, a North Alabama physician. Of course it is. Of course it is. North Alabama. Yeah. Uh, accused of sexually assaulting patients is free on bail. Of course he is. Why is there bail? In, there shouldn't be bail for no, this No, there shouldn't be bail. No. Oh, but he's a doctor. The only bail I want is bail organa. It's a Jimmy Smith. It's, it's the second bail organa reference he's made. And, and that's Smith. like too, too many. Like New, <laughs> news, news outlets report Dick was released on bail Saturday. Dick. Dick, Dick was released on bail. The rheumatologist... Is it supposed to answer to first degree sexual assault charges in uh, so court? Works, so he works on joints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely was working on his own joint. Anyway, uh, the Alabama Medical <laughs> Licensure Commission held a hearing Friday regarding Dick's license. Dick's license was my name of my punk band in high school, uh, which is suspended in October. Spokeswoman Karen Silas says the com- to drill. <laughs> That was the name of our first album. (laughs) Um, Says the commission didn't finish the hearing. Dick was arrested after the meeting. Dick was convicted on... You know whoever wrote this was just loving it. Loving it. it. Just loving it. This is why I went to journalism school, so I could write an article like this. Dick was convicted on three misdemeanor charges of harassing female patients. He was sentenced to 30 days in jail and a $500 fine on each count. But it's appealing. (laughs) That seems low. On How many counts? Um, three misdemeanor charges. So 90 so, days in jail. And $1,500, which he could probably pull out of his wallet. God. Yeah. Or Don't. he could just fill in for Gerald in the back room at the salon. <laughs> you call creepy Gerald and Mikey Dick. That's the... <laughs> uh, uh, um, 
Oh, fuck. All right, here's a good one. Oh. Thank God. We've got a good one. When, okay, when family can't afford motorized wheelchair for two-year-old, high oh, school students yeah. modify toy cars. I totally instead. saw this. It's oh. amazing. This thing is badass. Yeah. So this two-year-old with mobility <laughs> issues uh, has been given a new lease on life. Uh, after a team of high school students gave him a new set of wheels, uh, Killian Jackson was born <clears throat> with a genetic defect that has left him with impaired motor function. Prior to December, the youngster either had to be carried in a stroller or in his parents' arms. Mm. When they started looking for ways to give their son mobility, um, they found motorized wheelchairs can cost thousands of dollars, and their insurance would not be able to cover the cost due to Killian's age. Oh, fuck thanks. insurance. Are you fucking kidding fuck me. Fuck insurance companies yeah. and fuck our healthcare system. Yep. So it, it's like they needed like $20,000 and it just wasn't going to happen. So the Rogue Robotics team at Farmington High School has won multiple awards for their ingenuity. So when they were faced with a project, uh, they did not hesitate to accept the challenge. They used a Power Wheels riding toy provided by Killian's yeah. parents as the base for the wheelchair. Uh, in addition to adding a more cu accessible, customized joystick to control the chair, they replaced nearly all of the electronics and added a child-sized bicycle seat that they found on Amazon. They then used pool noodles as safety bumpers for the edges of the toy <laughs> awesome. and added a five-point harness to keep him safe inside the chair. None of these components were expensive, but when the students finally got to see him happily zipping around their workshop, they said the satisfaction of their success was priceless. This nice. thing is fucking awesome. I saw it. It's a great man. It's it looks so amazing. cool. Yeah. Like they did such a great job. Yeah, it's pretty with it, badass. So. Kudos to those kids, man. I mean, seriously, like that's just that's some grown up shit. Right that's there, just man. fantastic. Yeah, it's so good. Um, you want me to do one now? Nah, that's how you know the world's going to be OK. Eventually. I only have two. So if you want to do a okay, third, no, I, one, I believe there. the world's going to be OK. Do, and I can't do more than my and that's why. It's it's going to be fine eventually, but it's going to take maybe not in our lifetime, but it's going to be fine. Yeah, the kids are all right. Yep. All right. Uh, product update. Uh, Jägermeister is selling a limited edition creamy alcoholic Easter egg. So it's I've like never Jägermeister had Jägermeister. It's fucking disgusting. I've never, I've had, never it. had it either. It's awful. It's awful. I would it's try like, this. It's, it's, like, like a, it's burning cough syrup, yeah. basically. It's, uh, it's basically a Cadbury egg with Jägermeister in the middle of it. So they crest questionable yellow yellow discharge. Ugh. That does not sound nope. good so, like at all. going to take a hard pass on that. Yeah, two... Eggs, I would try it. So if somebody wants to send it to us. No. Uh, <laughs> nope. Not going to try it. Up. Michael could try it. I'll eat it. Yeah. It comes with a bottle of Jägermeister, too. No, I don't want that either. And a couple of shot glasses. Nope. I'll put it in my uh, radiator. Uh, would try. I'm Can't sure you would. Try. Um, so a Chinese woman gives birth to twins with different fathers. Whoa! Wait! Wait! What? So, um, boy, she. So, what that means is that she had a day at one point. <laughs> she had a day. She, she was she, very tired. She afterwards. had a day. Um, she, oh, she went to visit Creepy Gerald at the have you, Glory uh, Hole Emporium. Has ever seen History of the World by Mel Brooks? No. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Who? But gang bang. <laughs> Um, so cheating on your husband and getting uh, pregnant from it is bad enough, but imagine your husband's child sharing the womb with your Dude. lover's child for nine months. Like, how that does that is, even happen? Uh, what, does it have a thing about what are the odds of that? Yeah. Like, um, so what happened was she banged her, her, well, see, yeah, I, 
I I get the guy, the guy was like, mom. well, and the guy was like, <laughs> so to cover this up in case you get pregnant, you need to go home and have sex with your husband. So she did that, and they both got her pregnant. Yep. So Man, she, but uh, like, what are the odds I, of I, that? I mean, I don't, biologically, I don't know if, like, I feel like if you, that initial Thrust? sperm sperm and egg, like, explosion. No, the, the initial sperm and egg connection I feel like that would sort of shut things down at that point, wouldn't it? Like, um, well, she had there were two eggs and they were, were inseminated by two different people. Interesting. So, um, huh. so it doesn't say anything about how often it is, but uh, it can't be the, often. The, no. woman, the woman's husband identified the uh, by the Chinese media as the pseudonym. I'm not even going to try. Uh, <laughs> no, try Zhao Long. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, that's exactly it. it. Notice that the <laughs> twins looked very different at birth. Um, he was particularly thrown off by the fact that one twin one of them resembled him a lot. <laughs> like, and the well, other one, great. not at all. You made the joke. Well, no, I, I mean, like, refrain from making but, Because there, there's such thing as, was it, uh, which one's fraternal twins that are different or paternal? Yeah, fraternal. Whichever one. So, like, they could look different. Like, that's not uncommon. Yes, that, that's exactly what happened. So, unless it was different. blatantly obvious, how would you know? Well, one looked like him. The other one didn't look like him. Okay. Either one of them. Yeah, but what he's saying is fraternal twins don't, don't look, look alike. Same. I know. I know. So, uh, what, what made like. them want to do, like, a paternity test? One of them looked a lot different than, <laughs> well, like, than the other like, one. Like, like, wait, not didn't look anything like him or the twin or the mom. A, Okay, so in other words, this guy had a hankering that she was fucking around. Probably, yeah. yeah. And then when that, that happened, he that was seems like, to be, okay. "Yeah, that's what that's so what I'm saying." I'm not. She admitted she had a one night stand. Is what, what I wasn't making a racial comment. I'm just saying, like, there had to because there are differences in twins sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, he knew. He knew. <laughs> this was his way of like, yeah. All right, mama, well, mama go went out on the town. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, when you have when you have kids in felt, China, you have thought, to register them at a police station. His comment was, "I thought it felt squidgy in there already." Oh God! <laughs> I've never, I've never liked being second. <laughs> yeah, second place is last place. <laughs> the father will reportedly what? raise what? his own child, but not the other one. Wow. <laughs> well, well, I'm not doing it with not raising that one. So, uh, so jokes. Are you, but you can't make any of them. Like that's the thing. Like they're just so gross. Have you? So Once I'm thinking, we're so gross. <laughs> Even for this podcast, they're so gross. <laughs> have you guys followed any of like the 23 and Me stuff? Yeah, I Where, just did it. As a matter of fact, well, like some of the drama behind it is that. Basically, people's family family trees are fucked. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like gene, genealogy at this point, um, they're, they're disproving a lot of genealogy yeah. because what people were told. Yes, was that's incorrect. actually why Mandy and I did it like, to make both, sure that you're well. No, one to make brother. sure, just because we were yeah. <laughs> just because we were just interested to see. Yeah, and I found out I'm point two percent Congolese. <laughs> did not see that coming. I totally. Did. I burn very quickly when I go outside, so I really <laughs> didn't see that coming. But yeah, people, very pasty. People this are one. finding out their dad's not their dad. There's a whole website. There's yeah. like a Facebook group of uh, called I don't know what it's called, but something like not the expected parent. Um, 
Jeez. And basically, it's a support group for people finding out that their dad is not their dad. Uh, That's crazy. And that they're, and most of the time, the mom knew. Uh, and she had kept that secret, and they had found out through the genealogy. I'm assuming this group just provides support for therapy as well. Yeah, yeah. it's just like a, any kind of support group. No, 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 like money for therapy. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I don't know if it's. I don't know if <laughs> like it's, there's a there's a permanent GoFundMe. I think for it's. That. A, I think it's a Facebook group. So, boy, yeah, I can't like. It's 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 interesting from a genealogy perspective because all these people love genealogy and then come to find out that yeah. maybe there are a few less. Branches. Oh, I love I love genealogy. Oh wait, no, I don't. Oh wait, <laughs> oh shit. Are you my dad? So, anyway. oh, my great 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 grandfather's Genghis Khan. That cool. is very interesting to yeah. do, by the way. And, and they're like, finding and out they, it's like insanely detailed. Yeah, like, it's super it crazy. detailed. And then there's also like an open source one that people are finding out. Like they found found. Well, this one, I mean, I've got um, like uh, you can find your relatives that have done the, that have done it. Yeah. It'll it'll show you and it'll tell you like basically what like where they're related to you, like it's second cousin, third yeah. cousin on somebody's side, yeah. like whatever. But it's, it's interesting. And, and I've got it. relatives and I'm like, I don't know who th- I've never fucking heard of any yeah. of those people. Yeah. Like it's crazy. They're also using it in uh, criminal cases where there's yep. DNA left and yeah. yep. finding killers. And they found, uh, um, I forget which killer it was. One of the serial killers. Wasn't it the one out in California they'd been chasing for like yeah, they decades. Found, and he was still alive. Yeah. Immediately took him yep. under custody, and it's they find basically what they do is they have to um, they find a, a similar match and then just do uh, old school genealogy to find out around what time somebody that would have been the right age. I found out that I'm mostly British and Irish, which is not a mm-hmm. super surprise. And Northern European, um, Northwestern European, yeah, so like Germany, Belgium. Belgium. No, that's different. It, I am partially French and German, but yeah. Yeah, anyway. Really interesting. Very, very, very interesting. And I share ancient ancestral DNA with Ramesses the third. Oh, nice. So, yep. He's looked a little Egyptian. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's why when I walk into rooms, I instantly command respect. And, uh, <laughs> that's why yeah, cats are drawn to in you. In fear. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's that's all we've got. Um, do you have an intro for Zach Hunt? You said you had one a couple weeks ago. Did I? Yeah, I've got one. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I knew, I knew you wouldn't you wouldn't fucking remember. You probably should have reminded me. I knew you wouldn't remember, so I just prepared one anyway. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right. <laughs> I totally forgot. I knew you would. What? Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zach Hunt. All right. Zach Hunt is a. Writer, speaker, blogger, uh, living in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, when he's not trying to perfect his backyard barbecue skills. Oh, Z- dude, his pictures on Instagram. Holy oh, crap, yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. Zach writes about the intersection of faith and politics <coughs> along with his personal blog, uh, which will be in the show notes. Yep. Uh, Zach has written a wide variety, um, ri- written for a wide variety of outlets, including Huffington Post, Christianity Today, World Vision Relevant Magazine, who? And uh, Ministry Ministry Matters, uh, and has been featured in places like the Boston Globe, um, New York Magazine, and Religious News Service. So, Zach is here to talk about his book, Unraptured. Yeah, buy it. I Okay, so I read the book, and it was like, 
I thought it was going to be one thing, and then it ended up being something different in a in different in a really good way. Like I mm-hmm. was really, um, not surprised. Surprise isn't the right word because I didn't expect it to not be good. But like delighted, overjoyed. I mean, it was just it was good. It was a good book. It, it, I read it in like a week. Yeah, and it was just like informative and it was just good. Like it was challenging and yeah, it's good stuff. Also, there's a number of hilarious interruptions during this interview from oh, his daughters. That's, yeah, you're man. gonna you're gonna it's love so it. So good, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah he gets will... ethered by his like three year old. Yeah, daughter. he does. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, enjoy, enjoy that. So, yeah. all right, here's our conversation with uh, Zach Hunt. Yep, Zach Hunt. Who do you think you are? <laughs> tell us. Tell us. Thanks for coming on the podcast. First and foremost, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Uh, what, what, what's, who is Zach Hunt? That's, that's a deep question to get started with. Uh, <laughs> I go right for the Michael Scott deep cut right there. Oh, <laughs> uh, the way that you are. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, I'm a Southern boy born and raised, um, uh, lived in Connecticut for a little bit, but spent most of my life in Tennessee. Uh, grew up in the church of the Nazarene, which is a, um, for the most part, conservative Nazarene denomination. But if you look at our manual, there's some fairly liberal stuff in there. <laughs> um, I uh, started blogging about, oh gosh, almost 10 years ago and uh, kind of stumbled into it. It was really just a way for me and another youth pastor friend of mine to procrastinate at work <laughs> and uh, share you know, the funny stuff that we found online when we were supposed to be you know, preparing our Wednesday night lessons. And, uh, you know, found that, that people... Uh, like some of the original stuff that, that I was writing more than just the funny Jesus pictures and um, started writing more of that and fell in love with it. I, I didn't operations were a lot nerdier. I wanted to be a preacher um, or a youth pastor, I guess. And I, I did that for several <laughs> years and thought that I was going to go back to school and do my PhD and, um, and teach. So I went to Yale and did a uh, MAR there in Christian history and realized that in fact, I did not want to write academic papers uh, <laughs> for the rest of my life. And uh, yeah, I, you know, kind of fell into writing and, and really enjoy it. And I do some uh, preaching and speaking on the side hoping to kind of ramp that up with, with the book launch, um, you know, this summer and hopefully this fall. And um, when I'm not doing that, I'm saying um a lot, which I feel really embarrassed yeah, by. You totally should hear me speak, but I say um all the time. I watched uh, a video uh, the other day of a kid that was watching somebody in an acceptance speech. I think it was Ariana Grande. And oh, yeah. he ate a hot pepper every time she said, um, <laughs> and it was, it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. We're drinking a shot of whiskey. So we're pretty hammered at this point. Okay. I haven't had a out. shot of whiskey. Every time you I'm do drinking, it, every time you I'm say it, beer. we're going to do a shot. That's the drinking <laughs> game. Well, in that case, you're going to need 911 <laughs> speed dial, but yeah. So I write, I speak. And when I'm not doing that, I am either changing diapers or making barbecue. Yeah. You do make a lot of barbecue, man. I've been, like I said, I've been following you on Instagram for quite a while and it, that's some good looking shit, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. It, it, honestly, it started off just as a hobby uh, to um, wear or to ward off the loneliness of living in Connecticut. Um, <laughs> there was nothing to do and no good food to eat. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's becoming a passion project. I'm that you know uh, ridiculous obsessive person who sources meat and wood and. Uh, Same. Makes his own rubs and sauces, and and you know spends way too much time 
uh, making barbecue when I should probably be parenting my children. <laughs> well, That's I mean, awesome. you, know, you just throw it on the smoker and let it go. It's fine. <laughs> they'll, they'll be fine. The kids? Or yeah, the no, meat? the kids. Well, both, but, you know. I mean, they're doing fine in the backyard now, so. Yeah. Yeah, as long as they're still alive by the end of this, that's yeah. a win. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, correct? Correct. All I right, am. and you've lived there other than your stint in uh, Connecticut. Connecticut. You've lived yeah, there pretty much your entire life? Pretty much. I okay. We did live in Memphis for uh, okay. five years, I think. Um, and my wife was going to med school, and uh, I was a youth pastor at United Methodist Church down there. And uh, Memphis has really good food. Um, as opposed oh, yeah. to mm-hmm. well barbecue there you yeah. go yeah so but, that, is that I, where you fell in love with it um yeah i think so i mean the, you know grew up in the south you know i always wanted to be the uh cliche grill master you know and and <laughs> be known for the the smoked meat and all that kind of stuff uh so i mean there was some of that but yeah i mean nashville does not really have a a vibrant barbecue scene they're starting to get one um they have a created something of a reputation but they we definitely don't deserve it. Um, there's a good <laughs> place here called Martin's um, that's that's pretty decent that, that I like. Um, but the rest of it's just kind of hit or miss. But yeah, I mean, Memphis is, is phenomenal barbecue. That would definitely be the place where I first uh, learned to appreciate it, though. I think my favorite barbecue scene is probably Kansas City just because uh, they mm. they smoke everything. You know, yeah. so Texas is all beef and right. Memphis and Carolina are all pork. But you get, you know, a confluence of everything, uh, including burnt ends uh, in, in Kansas City, right. which – you know, a gift from God. Yeah, right. Well, we've got <laughs> listeners in Nashville and listeners in Kansas City, so it'd be an interesting fight between the two of them. So, uh, but yeah, you have a feeling Kansas City would win. I think Brian Zonex, we've had him on a few times, and he's talked about KC barbecue as like his favorite thing ever. So, because he's not, you know, he's from around. Is this there. a barbecue podcast? Uh, is this sure a food podcast yeah, now? Or this is barbecue should, talk. Maybe. Like, like, exactly. All I know is I'm hungry now. So, yeah, I know, right. <laughs> Um, I had cereal for dinner, so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 39. I had cereal, I had cereal for, for dinner. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, yeah I had crescent rolls for lunch, so I'm 30. So <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Okay, so let's talk about the book. The book, Unraptured, How End Times Theology Gets It Wrong. Great title, by the way. Um, you know, you grew up, I, I mean, is Nazarene considered evangelical, part of the evangelical? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. So we all grew up in the non-denominational evangelical cult, I guess, to call it a milieu. Like, yeah, the milieu. Yeah, that's it. Um, I, used, I used to play basketball at the Nazarene church. We, yeah, that's right. We prayed before every game. My son, my, yeah, my six-year-old still plays at the Nazarene church. Um, but, okay, so, you know, the rapture and end times, second coming, that kind of stuff, that theology played a pretty pretty big role i don't know after reading your book that it played quite as big of a role in our lives but uh, as it did in yours but it definitely played a role um yeah. so you know talk about how this book came about um you know what was the you know what was the onus for writing this book what was the um why did you feel like of, of all things you could write about this was what you know this is what you had to put down on paper sure uh well you know with for me, I think the foundation or heart of really all my writing, like wherever it appears, is you know trying to better understand what authentic Christian discipleship looks like. Um, and you know there are a thousand Christian discipleship books out yeah. there, and so 
uh, you know, to be, I guess, crass about it, you need a hook uh, to, to be <laughs> uh, You know, you need something. But but for me, this was this was definitely more than that. You know, um, I couldn't have written 256 pages or however long I droned on for. Uh, you know, if it was just a, a gimmick. Um, you know, for me, the search for what authentic um, Christian discipleship looks like required a lot of self-reflection. And, you know, that took me back to um, my upbringing, you know, and, and, and what I've thought Christian discipleship looked like over the years, whether that was, you know, as a kid, as a teenager, um, you know, now as an adult. And there are my children now. Yeah, I love it. That's fine, man. In the background. So my apologies. They nah, no problem. On the swing set. And now we're throwing a bird's nest in my living room. So. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, the, the, book, the book is, is as much as it's about the rapture, it's also part spiritual memoir. And that's because, right. you know, it, it's a lot of me wrestling – you know, with, with that question, what does Christian discipleship look like? And, you know, growing up, that meant, you know, that was, con- I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go for a minute. Three-year-old, and now she's running away. Oh, she ding-dong hey, ditched you. you no, know, she did. I just saw her run away. I hope she's still in our yard. Anyway, um, she, we had a good run, worst case. That is a bird's nest. Can you please take that back outside? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> last, honestly, the last time I did a podcast, my three-year-old was running around in the background screaming, "Come see my poop! Come see my poop!" So <laughs> this is a step in the right direction. <laughs> Take it out. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, like for me, growing up, uh, you know, in conservative evangelicalism, or at least you know my bubble of conservative evangelicalism, you know, authentic Christian discipleship meant uh, you having all the right answers, you know, believing all the right things because yeah. it was salvation by faith alone and, and I took that to mean you know all I had to do to get to heaven and stay out of hell was you know believe the right things and uh you know I as I kind of talk about the book you know I definitely all had this itch to always be the smartest guy in the room and um which was just you know arrogance and hubris hubris of youth sure. but you know for me the eschatology dispensationalism all the rapture stuff was like advanced level th- uh, theology, like an advanced level of salvation, if you will. It's like in the Nazarene Church, what our kind of distinctive theology is the doctrine of entire sanctification. And it's this idea that, you know, Christians are called beyond just regular salvation to like Christian perfections, is what John Wesley called it. Yeah. And uh, so, like, I had it ingrained in my head from birth that there's, there's like Christians and then there's like super Christians, you know, like elite Christians. Yep. So, like, I wanted to be part of that, you know, elite. And then I also really wanted to, obviously, stay out of hell. And so, like, dispensationalism and rapture theology and all that stuff gave me kind of a backup card um, in the sense of, you know, I, I knew I wasn't going to be perfect. And I knew I was constantly screwing up as a teenager by, you know, watching secular movies and listening to rock and roll and all the, you know, cliche sins that you yeah. can Um I knew I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't for sure, for sure going to heaven, or at least, you know, I believed that even though I, you know, confessed all the right beliefs. So like the rapture, if I, if I could figure out those secret codes and all of those, you know, time, uh, timelines and charts and all that advanced insider knowledge, if I could, you know, crack that code, then, you know, God would be impressed with me and, you know, reward my superior theological knowledge with, um, 
with salvation, which can sounds completely asinine and like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Just because it is, um, right. but you know, to my, you know, teenage mind and, and, you know, to a lot of adult minds, uh, you know, and that's, that's what Christianity is about. It's about believing the right things and impressing God. So you don't go to hell. Yep. And, you know, that was my focus, um, for a long time. How, how mad were you when Tom Hanks beat you to cracking the code? <laughs> I'm still waiting on those royalty checks. <laughs> Do we have a Da Vinci Code reference? Yeah, on the a Da Vinci Code reference. Did not expect that. Tonight. Uh, okay, so obviously, with a with a book about <clears throat> end times theology, it's obviously focused a, a ton on Revelation, um, yeah. which you know, it, any cursory glance at Christian culture, that's a multi. I don't, is it billion dollar industry at this point? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I couldn't find like a, yeah, a, a, a specific number, but I mean, when you include, you know, all the books and the movies and the merchandise and the speaking gigs, it, I mean, it's gotta be at least in tens, hundreds of millions. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and one of the things I thought was really, that I really liked about your book was that you portray the book of revelation as a message of hope and reconciliation for all humankind. Yeah. Which, incidentally, I agree with you. Um, but but that's not the way it's portrayed, like, no. ever. You know, it's, most of the time it's it's presented as Jesus coming back and just raising hell on his enemies, like, just killing yeah. all of his enemies. Um, so, like, in your mind, why the, why is the, why, why the disconnect? Where does the disconnect come from with, with Christians that, you know, you present it very well as this is about hope and reconciliation for all all of humankind, but the disconnect is that most Christians believe it to be the exact opposite of that. So where's the, I mean, why is the disconnect there? Um, I think there's two things or at least two things going on. Um, one is we've been taught and I think want to believe that the Jesus that we see in revelation is like a corrective of yeah. the Jesus that we see in the gospels. <laughs> right. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we, uh, you know, we, we don't, if we're honest, you know, we don't like the idea that our, our savior is, a, you know, a poor homeless vagabond who was, you know, beaten and stripped naked and nailed to a cross and died. You know, like the resurrection's cool, but all the other stuff <laughs> is, is not as glamorous. Um, and, and so revelation comes along and it looks like, Hey, we've got this guy, you know, white knight riding on a white horse coming with, you know, the angels and the, the armies of heaven to, to, to kick ass and take names and that, you know, Jesus is, is a lot more appealing, um, you know, to, I think our carnal nature, not to get cheesy and, you know, come down to the altar language, but, but <laughs> it's, I think all of us, I mean, you know, even if you're not in the whole Christian, uh, bubble, let alone like the rapture bubble, you know, if you're going to follow a guy, if you're going to follow a God, um, you know, you'd much rather have the, the, the knight with the sword, the flaming swords and the, you know, trumpets and the armies and the bowls of wrath than the poor homeless guy who gets killed. Yeah. Who wants to follow a slaughtered lamb? Right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so there's that. I think the other part is that the book of revelation just wasn't written to us. Um, and, and when I say us, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't just mean like people living in the 21st century. Um, yeah. I mean, straight middle-class white guys like me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the, the hermeneutic, um, that we use to read the Bible, I mean, like, you know, the interpretive uh, framework that we use to read the Bible um, is usually a lot of navel gazing. 
Um, and, and by that, I mean, we, we read ourselves in the scripture constantly, because that's what I was taught, yeah. you know, yep. um, growing up was that, you know, uh, Jesus, th- these are love letters from God to me, right? Or, or that kind of language was used um, for me to understand the, the Bible, particularly the New Testament. And so, you know, I, we, we get to a book like Revelation, and we just don't know what to do with that. You know, one, there is the apocalyptic imagery that you have to, um, you know, you have to get yourself in that world. Um, there's a lot of assumptions going in to that type of literature that, that are obviously foreign to 21st century reader right. um, that would have been more familiar. But the other problem is, like I said, the, the book of Revelation is a book of um, throwing off the oppressor. It's a book of liberation. It's a book of hope. It's a book that promises that there will be this tree of life that people can eat from um, forever and, you know, that there will be no more sea and that there will be no more suffering and pain and death and sorrow will be no more. You know, all of us have, you know, basic sorrow and pain and struggles. And that's why, you know, Revelation 21, you know, is so uh, appealing to anyone, anywhere. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, like, most of us, you know, know where our meal is coming from tonight, whether that's cereal, you know, or crescent. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but most of us don't have that worry, you know, and so a message like that is, is kind of neat. But, you know, for someone who doesn't know where their next meal is, eternal feasting um, is really powerful. You know, for someone uh, who lives under an oppressive regime, whether that's somewhere like Syria, you, know, you can imagine, you know, the promise that 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 power that seems invincible and um, in total control is not actually in total control, that that power is actually a fraud and that they are fundamentally flawed, that they're a whore, that they're, you know, all those nasty words that, that they are not actually in control. And there's this God who is not just going to do something in the future, but is already going to do, but is already doing that work now um, is, is, is a message that is lost on most of us that live in the United States, especially if you, like I said, if you're straight middle-class white guy like me, um, you know, you don't really, I don't really have a need for that kind of liberation yeah. and justice yeah. in my life. And so, you know, it makes sense that, you know, people start interjecting and projecting meanings onto the book of Revelation that, that are there because the message that is there is so hard to, to comprehend. And if you look at a lot of that industry, you know, the left behind industry that we were talking about earlier in that billion dollar industry, a lot of it is white folks, you know, um, it's a lot of middle class white folks who were yeah you know, grasping for meaning because, you know, they've got it made in the shade. I mean, when Jesus said, I think one of the, the biggest challenges I found with Jesus is when he talks about, you know, the gospel is good news for the poor. Well, I'm not poor. So like, how, how <laughs> do I understand the gospel? You know, like, like, and so that's been the biggest struggle, you know, in my spiritual life, it's led up to this, as you were asking for this, the, the writing of this book, but also in, in really um, trying to understand the book of Revelation. And there was a theologian named Pablo um, not Escobar. That would be the joke. <laughs> Pablo yeah. Richards. I heard somebody uh, bought his island. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's a, uh, a Central American theologian um, that I stumbled on in a footnote of a book that somebody had recommended. And, uh, you know, he's he's coming at it from a uh, just a radically different perspective of my own. He's coming at it with a lot of liberation theology um mm-hmm. that you know has always been of interest to me but not you know resonated because again you know growing up in nashville tennessee liberation theology doesn't um it just wasn't something that i needed in my life so to speak um and reading him uh just completely flipped my understanding of revelation upside down even long after i had abandoned belief in the rapture and all right. that other stuff and so you know for me it was a challenge and and i hope that people get this out of the book as a subtext i don't know if i made it clear enough but 
that, you know, if we're going to understand not just the book of Revelation, but really, again, what does Christianity look like in a globalized 21st century world, then then we need to start looking at people for who the gospel is really good news. I mean, we need to start listening more to the poor, to the marginalized, to the oppressed, to our LGBT system, your brothers and sisters, to our, you know, brothers and sisters of color, our brothers and sisters, you know, even of other religions and of, you know, certainly of other countries and other socioeconomic status, um, because they have an insight on the gospel and on the Bible um, that, that most of us are, are completely blind to. <laughs> it seems to be a very main theme of Jesus that we just completely conveniently skip over. Uh, you know, throughout his entire life, blessed are the poor. And the, you, yep. know, I mean, you look at the Beatitudes and like, it's hilarious to watch, you know, white, straight white people like us go, oh, I get this. No, no we really <laughs> don't. Like, exactly. you know, his his audience sure as hell would have, you know, and, and uh, that's one thing I found really refreshing is that a number of times in the book, you you do mention like I'm that you're a, a privileged person. Like, I mean, and I don't mean that, like, I mean, we are too, but, yeah, sure. and so I read myself into that as well. And, you know, you talk about, um, you know, as you were talking about, that it reminded me of the story you were talking about when you went to Nicaragua, yeah. uh, as a missionary and how that was kind of a paradigm shifting, uh, experience. Talk about that a little bit, if you would, without, I mean, you don't have to spoil sure. the entire book. Spoiler but. alert, spoiler <laughs> alert. And then if you want to pause, if people want to purchase the book, give you <laughs> yes. and we can continue the podcast. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I took my youth group, or the church that I worked at in Memphis had, and I think still has a long-running relationship with the United Methodist Church in Nicaragua. And you know, so it's not just like a one-off kind of thing. They, they've been working with the district down there, building churches and feeding people and, and doing some really cool stuff for years. So anyway, I, I took my youth group down there um, on kind of the, the typical evangelical mission trip, um, even though obviously UMC is kind of mainline, but, you know, just the typical teenage mission trip. Uh, you know, I tried to be self-aware about it. You know, we tried to do things more than just, you know, build porches and decks and try to get them, um, you know, immersed more in the culture and getting to know the people and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I was still – my mindset was, hey, these people need a white savior. Yeah. You know, I obviously wouldn't have, like, articulated that way. Um, but, you know, my mind was uh, – in my head, or in the back of my mind at least, you know, I was the savior coming down – with my fellow saviors to help these poor who can't help themselves. Yep. And um, anyway, one of the things that we we were doing that week um, was feeding lunch to the kids in the neighborhood. And one of the neighborhoods we were in um, really was very loosely called a neighborhood. It was a, a mountain town called um, Esteli, and it's in the hills of central Nicaragua. Um, don't double-check Google Maps because I could be wrong <laughs> about that. Um, but – Esley's town, the mountains, and then you go outside of the town and you find these, uh, they're literally shacks. It's just row, row, row after row of shacks connected by, um, you know, dirt roads. And the, the houses are built out of uh, whatever wood they had laying around that they've kind of hand hewn into planks and yeah. houses are covered in corrugated steel. And you see, you know, wires coming out here and there. And I mean, it's the cliche image that you, you probably, or the, you know, I definitely had going in. Of, of the third world. So anyway, so we go in there and, and there's a church that's, that's half built that our, um, our church in Memphis had been funding for a while. And, and we were doing VBS, uh, with the kids, which in retrospect was, um, completely absurd because they spoke no English and we spoke no Spanish. Uh, <laughs> but I don't really know what we were accomplishing there. But, uh, 
But well, one thing we did do that, that I really enjoyed um, was feeding lunch uh, to the kids. And so the idea was, you know, we would serve them meals and they would um, hang out with us and we would, you know, speak to them in broken Spanish and they would laugh at us and we would, you know, at least fellowship together or whatever. So anyway, so the, the, the parents or the, the, uh, the moms and the abuelas, uh, what I'd like. yes, you, you, <laughs> go ahead. We didn't want to get them down. Oh, no, I will come out there and get them down in just a few minutes. Okay. Okay. This really adds to the story. Can, can it gives I, it's so great. I'm some friends. Can you go outside and play? I'll do, I'll do, look, we got three nests. Yeah. You've got three bird nests now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, go outside and play, and I'll be out there in a few minutes. Okay. It's a bird nest wrecking crew. No, I I don't even know where they came from. <laughs> we have two trees in our front yard, and they're like three years old. Anyway, sorry. It's okay. Anyway, back to Nicaragua. So we yeah. served lunch to the kids, and the idea was, you know, the the abuelos and the and the moms would serve the lunch. And, um, you know, we would wait for the kids to come sit down and, you know, uh, kind of help manage the chaos and, and talk to them as much as we could. So one of the youth workers and I are, are standing back trying to manage the chaos. And we, we noticed one or two of the kids would grab the food and, and take off out of the church down the street. And we were like, what the hell, man? I mean, yeah, we, right. you know, like, you know, in our minds, we come down here and we're doing you this great thing. The least you could do is, is hang out with us, let alone say thank you. And so, you know, honestly, in retrospect, I don't even know what I thought that they were doing. Like, I guess in my head, they were uh, converging around the corner to eat lunch together, you know, or whatever. Like, I thought there was some sort of, like, nefarious plan right. or that they were, like, you know, uh, scamming the system. Like, they would, you know, get their lunch, run off, get back in line or something like that. And, and there was, you know, limited food and you did have to you know, kind of portion or ration out or whatever. So anyway, so I got it in my head that she would watch for the next kid to do this because they were doing it every 10 minutes or so. And, and we would, you know, chase them down and, and bust their, you know, gang of hooligans and, and, you know, restore order and justice to, uh, <laughs> and so it didn't take long, you know, five minutes or so passed and this kid comes and, and she points him out and, and we, you know, ginger or, you know, casually try to make our way out of the church as fast as we can. And, and try to keep up with this, you know, eight-year-old who's running down the mountain, and uh, you know, my massively overweight, out of shape self is is trying to like keep up with him, but not make it so obvious that there's this six-foot-two overweight white guy running through Nicaragua <laughs> after a child. So anyway, so we we kind of stay back a little bit. He turns a corner, and and we follow him, and then he starts running towards this house, and I see these you know, hands come out of the shadows and he darts in. And I'm like, Oh, we finally got them. You know, this is their clubhouse. This is where they're hanging out. And so we make, you know, make it our way up to the shack, to the little hut and to the house and, and, and go up to the front door and get ready to bust them. And I look in and, and it wasn't his group of hooligans. It was his mom. And he, he was bringing the food home to share with his mom and his sister. Um, because it was the only meal that they were going to have that day. And, and it completely broke me. I mean, even when I was, you know, writing the book, I, you know, that's ten years ago, and I was still in, you know, tears, um, because it just it it can getting it it was it was an existential crisis yeah. in, in that moment. You know, in that moment, I was just humiliated. But in retrospect, you know, it made me rethink 
really everything about what it means to be a Christian. I mean, what, what is the what is good news to these people? You know, like is, is good news me coming down here and, and impressing them with my theological expertise and getting them to agree to a list of ideas and then promise them that someday in the future after they're dead something might happen? Like, like how is that? good news for the poor now right you know yeah. like how does that actually affect their lives now like if they need saving what who who do they need who needs to do that saving and what what does that salvation actually look like is that salvation just from hell or or are we talking about salvation from from hunger and from poverty and from inequality and injustice you know i i came down there with this very definitive idea you know, of what salvation looked like, of what the gospel was about, what made it good news. And in that moment, I realized that, you know, I didn't understand anything. You know, <laughs> yeah. the gospel was good news to the poor, poor that needed the good news. And, and I was clueless, you know, um, you know, and not just that, but like it, what it meant to be a Christian for me could no longer just be about, could no longer just be about ideas, it, it could no longer just be about what I thought or what I believed, um, but it had to be about a way of life um, that, that emulated and looked like Jesus, um, or at least the Jesus I found in the Gospels as, as much as possible. So, yeah, that was. Um, there's a couple of transformative moments that I talked about in the book, but that was a big one for sure. Right. Um, so kind of back to um, end-time stuff. Uh, you know, you mentioned— you mentioned that the writers of the New Testament clearly believed that Jesus was returning in their lifetime. Um, and I, I believe I agree with you there. But do you leave yourself open to an idea that maybe Jesus' earliest followers misunderstood what he meant? Like, and that maybe he's not coming back at all? I only ask that. That's not a, I don't mean that as a gotcha question, but like, I just, like, I'll just show my hand. I have believed for some time that I think the church is the second coming of Jesus. Um, in that, and I, I'm not, it's not a hill I'm willing to die on by any stretch. I just think it's an interesting thought experiment. Um, I mean, do you, do you leave yourself open to that at all? I mean, do you, that maybe they just misunderstood what he was saying that they, you know, cause they clearly believed, I mean, you, it's not hard to see that they clearly believed that it was happening soon. Yeah. Um, in the first century. So, I mean, do you, is that something you would leave yourself open to? Um, you know, that's definitely one of the themes in the book um, towards the end is, is trying to make, um, the possibility that I'm wrong central to my faith uh, <laughs> sure. as, as opposed to the enemy of my faith, um, which is what it was, you know, in high school, uh, when I was, you know, really obsessed with the end times, but even before that, just as a, as a normal <laughs> Christian or a normal weird Christian, um, before I got super weird with the rapture. Uh, you know, to me, the idea that you could be wrong about something was akin to sin, you know, yeah. because and for me, salvation meant having all the right ideas and believing all the right things. And so, you know, if there was this possibility that I could be wrong, especially about important, you know, fundamental things, then um, that was terrifying, you know, because, oh, sure. you know, that meant salvation was was potentially a stake. So. You know, I would say, yeah, I mean, I, I'm certainly open to the possibility. I haven't been wrong in a long time, obviously. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm certainly, you know, open to to being wrong about really just about everything. But, you know, I, I do think the, the early church definitely thought, like you said, that Jesus was, his return was imminent. I mean, right. 
Paul's writings are thoroughly apocalyptic. Right. Uh, you know, when he talks about things like, you know, don't get married, it's not because he hates marriage, it's because he thinks Jesus is coming back, and why would you bother planning a wedding, you know, if, if he's coming back next week? Um, you know, and so, and, and I don't see anything in the Gospels, at least nothing comes to mind that would make me think, if I'm putting myself in their shoes, you know, that would that would make me think that he was promising anything other than a physical or okay. some, some, some sort of return. So sure. you know, is it possible? Yeah. I mean, certainly possible because I think, you know, the Bible is the story of the people of God constantly getting it wrong. Right. Like I think, you know, it's constantly uh, pe- telling stories about people putting words in God's mouth, um, understanding what God said, completely, you know, ignoring what God said. Um, you know, like the book of Judges, it begins and ends within those days. There was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And what they did was put words in God's mouth and commit all kinds of atrocities. Um, you know, and so it's it's the Bible embraces the possibility, you know, that, that the people of God are getting it wrong in really big ways. And so it's certainly possible, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I uh, I don't think you're going to hell if you're wrong. <laughs> I'm going to hell for numerous reasons, but that may not be one of them. Um, so, you know, well, here's what was interesting. One thing that was interesting about that is that I, you know, like I said, I, I'm not sure I really believe in the second coming, and you do, but what I found was interesting is that we came to the exact same conclusion about how we should be living, um, regardless of, <laughs> yeah. like, the last couple chapters, man. I was like, yep, that's uh, that's dead on it actually reminded me a lot of zon's uh recent book in that you spend the whole first three-fourths of the book laying a great theological groundwork for your point and the last two chapters are like a mic drop um like i was really kind of hoping that you dropped a mic at the end when you typed the last word (laughs) like that you just dropped it in your in your office um because it was very direct and very to the point um as, as I thought his book was as well. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was interesting that we came to the same conclusion, even though we don't necessarily believe that in the same, in the same thing as far as the second coming goes, but yeah, the same conclusion was, I found that really fascinating. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, I've got a lot of um, like atheist and agnostic friends and, you know, I think in, in all my writing, they're kind of hanging out in the background Mm-hmm in the sense of like, I want, you know, my, my audience or first audience obviously is our Christians and, you know, particularly progressive Christians. But, you know, if I can find a way to make that Christianese stuff make sense to someone who's not inside the bubble that I think I've really, you know, done my job. Um, and then some, so, um, yeah, I don't think that makes complete sense. Yeah, uh, sure. Of course. I, I mean, it's it, you, obviously you can't write to people about God and people who, you know, who believe in it and, and don't completely in the same uh, same way, sure. but you know, I'm hoping that it's you know, we're, we're not just believing in this stuff because, again, you know, back to square one that we're we're believing, trying to believe in the right things to get to heaven, or you know, or that we're even trying to do the right things to get to heaven, but we're doing it because the command is love your neighbor. Yeah, you know, it's not love your neighbor so you can go to heaven and not go <laughs> to hell. It's just love your neighbor. Yeah, you right. Know? Uh, can you you mentioned the word apocalypse a few minutes back? Can you? That's a word that conjures up all kinds. Kirk of, Cameron mostly, mostly Kirk Cameron. Uh, Who's your favorite, Kirk Cameron or Nicolas Cage? <laughs> you know, I haven't watched that yet. I, you haven't I, watched uh, either one of them, or you haven't watched no, Nicolas no, no. Cage? Oh, I was first in line for Kirk Cameron. Like, okay, 
Yeah, and the Michael York one. Like I, I was, I was there on opening night. Um, no, I was so holding good. up on the left the Nick Cage one because I was thinking about um, live tweeting it. You know, to go along with yeah. the book. Oh, dude, they. Well, uh, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> you remember at DC Talks? I wish they'd all been ready. Oh, very well. They I, got Jordan Sparks from American Idol to cover that song at the end credits. <laughs> Did they really? Oh my gosh! Yes, they did. So I great. swear. I love that you've seen it. Oh yeah. Good story. So real quick. Before. So I, I, you know, like every teenage guy, uh, at least in Nashville, I picked up the guitar um, or started playing the guitar in high school because I wanted to pick up girls. All three and, of us did the same. thing. Yeah, we did. We totally did. We, we had this big recital, and um, you know, you could pick whatever song you wanted uh, to play, and my the way my thinking went at the time was, okay, I'm definitely going to get some girls by just playing the guitar, but what song is going to really seal the deal? That's what song I chose. That's I wish we ready. That's amazing. That is so great. Yeah, I'm not even making that up. And then you look, are you ready? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I rock it. That's so good. <laughs> did, you, did you do the Kevin Max riffs in the back, too? <laughs> Do some vocal runs. Yeah. Lubed his own voice. <laughs> Sorry, I anyway, totally t- derailed. That. Of course, you did. That's, that's a that's a very Michael thing. talking about left behind the Nicholas Cage money grab. Um, <laughs> I'm still waiting for the sequel to come out. <laughs> left behind two electric boogaloo. Left behind her. <laughs> more left. More left more, behind. Yeah, even more left behind. Yeah. Um, anyway, apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, you know that word conjures up again. It conjures up left behind images and. Yeah, you know, this airplanes falling out of the sky the end and of like the ward, the ward in all wars, yeah. and and can you unpack that term and, and and explain why it doesn't really mean that? Yeah, yeah. So apocalypse just means a, like an unveiling or a revealing, and so when you, we talk about apocalyptic literature, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be about the end times or the end of the world. Rather, um, you know, apocalyptic has become. Uh, synonymous for the end of the world and for um, you know that sort of thing, but but in the Bible and in uh, you know ancient literature, which is you know where you would see that thing, um, you know apocalypse is is about revealing truth, right? And so it doesn't have to be it certainly doesn't have to be Christian. You have apocalyptic literature and, and all sorts of different you know faiths or cultures or things like that. Um, but it's it's about revealing these big truths, right? And so obviously there's the end of the world is a really big truth um, that apocalyptic literature is trying to convey. Um, but it, it's ultimately about just revelation, right? In a literal sense of the word, not this, the, not the name of the Bible or the book of the Bible. But that's why the book of the Bible is named Revelation is right. because it's revealing apocalypse. Um, it's revealing this truth, um, which is you know, in the context of the Bible that Jesus is going to return and, you know, all will be made new and there's going to be new heaven and new earth and, and all that good stuff. So completely speculative question. Um, <laughs> it was, was the Antichrist? Because I've, I've still got a list. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> it was Gorbachev, wasn't it? Well, it was Gorbachev I, I, I remember 80s. when I was in high school, the Pope was a candidate. Uh, yeah. Bill Clinton was a candidate. Gorbachev definitely Gorbachev, was. Gorbachev, yeah. Because he had the mark on his head. Yeah, that was right. the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast happens yeah. to be a really odd-shaped birthmark yeah. on your forehead. <laughs> what, you know, what percentage of people, again, totally speculative question, but what percentage of people do you think actually believe this end-time shit, and how many people do you think are just kind of hedging their bets? Ooh, that's a good question. 
Um, I think a pretty significant purport, like, portion actually believe it. Um, yep, and there's my kids again. Um, I think they have some ideas on the statistics. You saw Nana. That's great. Did you show her your bird nest that you found? Anyway, uh, you know, the reason I would say I think a, a big portion of the people who believe it really do believe it. I don't know. I, I guess I, I wouldn't want to separate too much because of, of I really believe it. I'm hedging you know my bets because I think they really believe it because it allows them to hedge their bets. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That but the sense. reason I, I say that I think they really believe it is because mm-hmm. you know, look at because 81% of conservative Christian uh, white conservative evangelicals voted for a guy who is, in the literal sense of the word, antichrist in every way, yes. and and yet believe that he is God's anointed, and not just God's anointed, but the fulfillment of prophecy, right? right? And so when, when Donald Trump moves uh, the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, um, he's obviously pandering to his evangelical base, but he's pandering because or the only reason he can pander is because they believe such a move or a lot of them believe such a move mm-hmm. is um, the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. I mean, it's not, it's not mentioned anywhere in revelation. I mean, that it's, that's a whole other, you know, can of worms, but, but yeah, I, I think that the people um, who buy into rapture end times theology, um, you know, really, I mean, consider it orthodoxy. You know, as orthodoxy, as orthodox as the virgin birth or the trinity, um, you know, or anything else uh, for that matter. I know I did, um, you know, for that matter. And I know the people who send me hate mail when I say the rapture is never going to happen um, definitely leave it. Do you really get hate mail about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Imagine waking up in the morning. I know, seriously. And getting angry enough yes. that you send a letter to somebody you don't know. <laughs> About the fact that you're not going to fly up into the sky when the Trump and a trumpet's going to play. Like, uh, oh my, my favorite. Um, I've got lots of favorite stories there, but my all-time favorite uh, was on my old blog. I, I don't even remember what the subject was, but somebody left this really hateful comment, and uh, I was using the discuss comment system. And most people, you know, who leave hateful comments do so anonymously. Um, and even if the comment system requires an email address, you just make up a fake email address. Um, this person did not. Um, and the reason that I know they did not is because they go to my church and oh, they no. know their real name and real address. Oh, no. Yeah. Wow. That was funny. Oh, no. That was an yeah. awkward cup of coffee on the next Sunday, wasn't it? <laughs> I could always, you know, especially when I was blogging more regularly, I have. I'm starting to get back into it now that the book's done, but but yeah, when I blog pretty regularly, I can usually go to church and tell um, by by how people look at me uh, whether or not they've uh, read what I wrote. <laughs> That's great. My uh, like parting the Red Seas. Here he comes. <laughs> My wife's cousin. Uh, when we were doing a church plan, he he, he sent <laughs> yes. us a, a letter and condemned us to hell. That was pretty great. Yep, he sure That's did. Fun. So all so at Thanksgiving. Well, this is the same Didn't guy. This up. is the same guy that actually believes he's an angel. Yeah, like, no oh, shit. Ooh. Literally, yeah. The yep. conversation I like to have. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's pretty phenomenal. Yep. He's also paranormal uh, uh, exorcist as well. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> he's really something. Also, yeah. a gun enthusiast. You might yep. uh, find that shocking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, 
<laughs> That's a great story. Um, so talking about the rapture, you know, one of the things I really loved in the book is you your statement. You make a statement that not only is the rapture non-biblical, it's actually anti-biblical. Um, and I think that was a really important distinction. Can you explain uh, kind of for our listeners what you mean by that? Absolutely. So the rapture is, you know, non-biblical in the sense that it, it's not in Scripture. Um, it's not even an idea that appears uh, on the church's radar until the 19th century when a guy named John Darby essentially invents it. Um, you'll, I mean, now you'll, the pushback you'll hear is, oh, well, if you translate the Greek into Latin and Latin into English, eventually you get the word rapture. But, you know, it's – yeah, there's a lot of mental gymnastics, but the idea is not there. The passages that we usually associate uh, you know, with the rapture, like in Matthew, one will be taken and the other will be left behind. Yeah. Or in uh, 2 Thessalonians, when it talks about being caught up in a twinkling of an eye, you know, those are about the second coming. They're not, they're not about the rapture. Sure. The rapture is – the idea that there was a two-stage return of Jesus, that Jesus would have returned kind of halfway and then go back and then come back, is just not anywhere in Scripture. Uh, you absolutely have to read it in. But the, like, like you said, the – in my book, I talk about how it's it's the problem of the rapture is it's not just non-biblical, it's and it's anti-biblical. And what I mean by that is the idea that God swoops in to take away the people of God uh, and and keep them away from danger and from harm and from you know in this case tribulation. Um, it's just the antithesis of the biblical story. You know, the biblical story is it's not the story of a God who whisks people away from danger. It's the story of a God who, you know, walks through the Red Sea with them and wanders in the wilderness with them and goes into exile with them and uh, puts on flesh and dwells among us and dies as one of us, you know, and then promises to um, to come back, you know, and, and make his home among us forever. And so the story of the Bible is a story of a God who walks with us through tribulation, even when that tribulation is the valley of the shadow of death. Um, and so the idea that God would take the people of God and whisk them away from danger, as opposed to walk with them through that danger and allow them to be the agents of God um, for the world of, of healing, of redemption, of reconciliation, of whatever, during that that time of, of trial and tribulation, that they wouldn't be there, that God would take us away, is just completely antithetical to the entire narrative of Scripture. That's that's so good. Um, so what, what's the way forward? Like, here's what I mean by that. So you're somebody who, you know, you outline you you follow this trajectory in the book of how, you know, you started one way thinking one way and you changed. Yeah. Um, and it took some kind of I mean, I guess apocalyptic events would be a, a good <laughs> way to put it sure. um, in your life to get you to that point. So, like, we all have family and friends that believe in this stuff. Like, in in, in a lot of, hi, not mom. all of them. Yeah, hi, mom. Um, hi, Debbie. She's not listening. Um, but, uh, you know, my mom, not one of them here, but, like, some of them are doing real harm to real people because of this. Yeah. You know, you look at this administration and the supporters of this administration, they're doing legitimate harm to a lot of people. Um, and a lot of it is their end times theology. And it's yeah. difficult because we don't even really speak the same language. You know, there, you yeah. have like a throwaway line in the book where you just, you know, you just said the Bible is written by people and, and not by God. Totally agree with you. But like that really can't be agreed upon. You know oh. what I'm saying? Like, and, and so like if, if 
if, if we can't even agree on something as basic as that, and when I say we, I don't mean like us and you. I and, you mean like and you automatically and like, lose somebody in a conversation if you start with that. Yeah. So that like, conversation's over. So in your mind, like, what's the way forward? Is somebody who, like, changed their perception, like, in your mind, what, what hope is there to, to change someone's perception if we're not even really speaking the same language? You know, I, I don't know that there's a... I mean, certainly not an easy answer to that. Sure. Uh, I, I don't know if there's there's any answer. Um, I mean, certainly the great challenge, I think, of of the moment, you know, particularly with Trump evangelicals and that dynamic. But, you know, take that away from the equation. I mean, it's it's always a challenge. I, you know, in the book, the way I, I try to tackle it, you know, is, is kind of twofold. You know, the one is is learning to make space in our lives in every aspect of our lives, whether it's, you know, theological or otherwise, um, for having the capacity to admit that we're wrong or that we can be wrong about things, yeah. which seems like a really simple thing. Um, but when our entire, uh, life is revolved around having the right ideas, whether that's the right theological ideas, the right political ideas, the right ideas about sports teams, you know, <laughs> when our lives are devoted to being right, you know, admitting that we're wrong can, ha- can, can literally spark an existential crisis. Um, and so I, I think it begins there, you know, but like when you're, but trying to put flesh on the bones of that, you know, idea for me, what helped me put back, begin to put back together a, a, a faith that didn't just make sense, but that I think has strong theological foundations, um, strong Christological, um, centering well, it was, was the words of Augustine, um, St. Augustine is, you know, a, one of the preeminent church fathers and yeah. one of the preeminent thinkers in Western thought um, of all time, Christian or otherwise. And anyway, I, I was fairly familiar with him because, um, you know, if you have any theology classes, you encounter yep. uh, uh, St. Augustine, as we would say. <laughs> South. St. Augustine. Exactly. Augustine, as I learned to say at Yale. Um, so, so well, they, if Yale so, says it, it has to be right. Say, man. Thank you. Bula, bula. Uh, so anyway, so Augustine, you were somebody that I kind of had a tertiary knowledge of and hadn't really read primary sources. And, and I finally got a chance to read some of the stuff he actually wrote instead of, you know, what people said about him um, when I was there. And, and he has some really interesting, a lot of obviously interesting things. But the thing that really grabbed my imagination um, was what he had to say about the Bible. And he says, and this is me paraphrasing, um, that no matter, you know, how strong we think our interpretation is, no matter how strong our exegetical work is, being how long, how, how strong our textual and theological, you know, underpinnings are, no matter how many proof texts that we have, you know, no matter how sure we are right that our interpretation or our reading of, of the Bible is correct, if it doesn't lead us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind and our neighbors, ourselves, then we're wrong. Yep. Uh, and it's a really simple, deceptively simple hermeneutic for reading the Bible. Um, because, when you start applying it to passages that 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 are used as clobber passages that are used to oppress, they're used to marginalize um, whatever the group is, it, it completely disarms our ability to, to use those passages in that way because you can't say, well, the Bible says blah, 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 so I can treat you this way if our, our rule for understanding and applying the scripture is whether or not it leads us to love our neighbors. Um, yeah. and, you know, and, and Augustine's not obviously original. All he's doing is applying the greatest commandment, you know, because Jesus says that, you know, all the law and all the prophets hangs on. 
Ask your mommy to get your bike out. I'll be there. We're totally leaving this in. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. My no, it's wife fine. is in the driveway. And um, anyway, she's giving me the look. Anyway, so with, with Augustine, you know, he's just applying, you know, the teachings of Jesus. And Jesus says, you know, everything about the Bible, you know, all the law and the prophets, you know, are how we understand those hangs on this call to love, um, to love God and to love neighbor. And so when we misuse scripture or when we use scripture to oppress people, to marginalize people, um, to, to hurt people, to tell people that they don't belong or, or that they are not affirmed or, or whatever, whatever it is that we're doing in the name of God, um, it doesn't matter how many Bible verses we have to, to proof text with. If, if we're using those Bible verses to harm others and, and, and not love them, then we're misreading those passages yeah. um, for, yeah. for whatever reason. And so for me, that that is a good jumping off point because to me, that's something we can all agree on, whether you're conservative or liberal, you know, mainline or, or you know, evangelical. You know, we all agree that the greatest commandment is the greatest commandment, right? Yep. Because Jesus said so. Um, you know, it doesn't matter where you fall in the political or ideological spectrum. That's something we can at least all agree on that, that what Jesus said uh, was the greatest really is the greatest. So if that's true— um, and, and if it's true that, that all the law and the prophets, that the Bible hangs on this command, then what does the Bible look like when we apply that command to our reading of, the, of, of Scripture? You know, what does the Christian faith, the Christian life look like when we apply that command um, to those things? So mm. I, I hope that's a jumping off point. I mean, as much as the book is about the rapture and then times things, you know, I, I hope it, it also provides people with, you know, a foundation for beginning to, to have some of those conversations. Yeah, I think it does. I think that, like I said, the last two chapters really land the plane um, that you were flying the rest of the book, so to speak. <laughs> Um, so I, I don't want your marriage to end because you're on this uh, podcast, so we'll wrap this up. I think that was a good, a good place to stop, but do you have time for a couple of lightning round questions real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, favorite movie about the apocalypse. Mm, it's that Michael York one. Uh, it's, it's not left behind. I don't think. Michael Is it? York. Yeah. He, he's in one with, uh, Michael Irons, uh, Oh, I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Let's say Thief in the Night because I can actually remember the title. I was going to say Armageddon. Oh, I, I thought we were going just religious. If we're going that way, I have a whole collection. I'm going 2012 uh, or Ooh. Deep Impact. Oh, okay. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, your, what's your beverage? Is that the one choice? where the uh, uh, wave swallows uh, Taya Leone? You're damn straight at it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> you remember the core? With Hillary Yo, Swank, I, remember, well, I love the core. He's so bad. <laughs> the core with Hillary Swank. I love it so much. It's so. Um, what is your beverage of choice? Mexican Coke. Oh yeah, this real sugar can't beat it. Yeah. Um, so uh, best best hot chicken restaurant in Nashville. What do you mean best hot chick? How no I, hot I, chicken, I, I idiot. It. I got it. I was like, I didn't know where you're going with that one. <laughs> I know um, it's a it's a point of great debate in Nashville. It is. Um, I mean, my number one is probably still the original Prince's okay. um, clothes because a car literally ran into them uh, the store a couple weeks ago. I hate when that uh, happens. But there's a place called Slow Burn that is like my one A that is is phenomenal. They have okay. a hot chicken donut. If you're ever in town, Ooh. 
Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's like a Krispy Kreme donut stuffed with a hot chicken tender. Oh it's, man, it's, that sounds intriguing. That sounds worth a five hour drive. Is what that sounds <laughs> like. uh, what's the last album you listened to, start to finish? Ooh, um, that's a great question. It might have been Mumford and Sons, their new one. Um, I'm going to their show. My wife and I are going to their show uh, Friday night. And oh, so nice. I tried to listen to the whole thing, and it is mostly disappointing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, I kind of felt the same way about it. I really wanted to like it. Yeah. It's just I don't understand. I mean, I understand the whole like creative impulse to involve and change and things like that. But it's like they started off country and then decided, you know what? We're going to be – you know, R&B now. And, and there's nothing wrong with R&B. I love especially 90s R&B. But, you know, it's it's just you're, you know, you lost me because their whole like Euro, you know, sound is just, is just weird. Um, I just, I don't know. I love them and I'm going to go to the concert and enjoy it, but I, I don't really dig their new stuff. Yeah. What's your favorite TV show? That's so amazing. Yeah. Toddlers are the best. I yeah, know, I man. Know. Uh, you're not. You're not. You're, pre- you're preaching to the preaching choir, to buddy. The choir. <laughs> Sorry about that. What no was your worries. question? <laughs> What's your favorite TV show of all time? Um, probably a tie, tie between The Office and Parks and Rec. I've watched. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. I've watched The Office the entire series at least eight times, and I think Parks and Rec like six. Yeah. Wow. Um, I yeah, feel okay. like I feel like the last couple of seasons of The Office get a really bad rap because I think they're actually better than people yeah, uh, think they are. Yeah, the last season in particular yes. is actually really good. I agree. Yeah. Uh, what's the best Star Wars film? Mm, I used to love Return of the Jedi, but that's just because it came out when the year I was born. Um, Same. I, I you know I love the Ewoks, but I would probably say for me the first one. I, I know critically Empire is. is is the of one course. everyone loves, but I like the original the All best. Right. How do you like your coffee? I don't. Oh, in the trash. Tea? <laughs> in the trash. That's a great yeah. answer. Are you a tea drinker? Oh, well, I like, I like my wood. No, I don't. That didn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you believe in the multiverse? In the comic sense or the physics sense? <laughs> Because both is yes. the answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yes to both. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I have a a wild theory about ghosts are actually part <laughs> like interdimensional beings, and it's a whole other show. Yeah, I love, we got to get you on for that one. Yeah. What are you doing next Halloween? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, and then, um, where can people find you online? Great question. Uh, so my social media handles are all the same. It's I love you too. Um, at Zach Hunt, um, but with two A's because somebody stole the regular Zach Hunt and I can't get a hold of it. Um, okay, I'll give you the crayons. There you go. Um, I'm so sorry about my kids. No, it's no dude, it's so good. But yeah, at, at Zach Hunt, uh, Z-A-A-C-K-H-U-N-T on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and YouTube. Now I've started... Um, uploading videos and then I blog regularly at Pathios um, as well nice nice all right man awesome. well, we'll let you go we thank you so much for taking the time go get those bikes man <laughs> <laughs> and those birds uh, and bird. the bird nests find yeah. out where your daughters are slaying birds <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Well, when these, these viral or these videos or um, this podcast goes viral because it's like that guy, you know, trying to do that BBC yeah, interview. Right. I'm going to need a percentage of the royalty. That's great. Awesome. I'm so sorry. Thank you guys so no, much. Thanks, man. Thanks, Thank Zach. you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Stars get red, but one star is dead to us. <laughs> it's to us. Did you try it yet? It's Jimmy Smith. Yeah, it's good. Jimmy Smith. It's just a really good Highland Scotch, is what that is. What are we drinking? Oh, wow. Aberlauer 12 year. Um, uh. Uh. <laughs> so a friend. Yes. <laughs> Who shall remain nameless? Not be named. Had to edit the podcast there for that. Got it. Got uh, bought us a. Uh, uh, we'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> bought us a bottle of Aberlauer. Um You're listening to the airing of Aberlauer. <laughs> that doesn't even make. No, it doesn't. Where did that come from, Michael? Man, I got to use that theme for something. It's gold. <laughs> Fucking gold. Um, it's a high. It's just a Highland double cast yeah, mature. It's, it's twelve it's year. Really, it's nice, very man. good. We, yeah. Brad and I have had have a bottle of the Abelauer Abunad many years ago, and it's which the is a cast strength. Dude. Holy it's shit! About fifty eight percent alcohol. I think mine's sixty three. Yeah, I think like, mine was really mine was good. about fifty eight or fifty nine. Yeah, it's pretty strong. So you have to kind of water you it have down to cut just a hair. Yeah. yeah, but this but this one's yeah, it's damn good. Yep, really good. Yeah, I give it a hard two. It's a <laughs> no, I give yeah, that. No, that's a, that a really good highlight. That was a yeah. penis joke. Well, it's Sorry. interesting because you know i I've been drinking basically nothing but bourbon mm-hmm. and rye so recently. Like, and by recently, I mean for about the last year. Yeah. Like I used to be just solely into scotch, and now I just really just want bourbons and yeah, and and rye. But man, going back to that, it's so different. I know it totally it's is. It's just not even the same experience. Nope, it's it's not. good. Like mm-hmm. I mean, but. Like people that if people think that like whiskey is whiskey, it's completely nope. not. Nope. Not even close. I mean, that is so Fuck you, much Matthew Benson. That is so much different. Just than, that is so Matthew much Benson. different than a than a bourbon or a, mm-hmm. or a rye or anything or like any that. other kind of scotch. Yeah, like, Benson always says, "I hate it when people fetishize whiskey, bourbon." Mm. Okay, guy. Mm-hmm. God, that's good. All right, what are we doing? Do we do, do we do the theme song for this? No, we already did it. Oh, did we? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got five. Four reviews. Four. Star. Five. Four uh, stars. From America. America. <laughs> this is from uh, Stammy Sags. Hey. Stammy. Called Good Luck. We're all counting on you. America. Fuck yeah. First, I want to say that the first time I listened to the podcast, the first half of the show almost turned me off totally to it. <laughs> Same. Lots of inside jokes and innuendos that I thought were really over the top. Then I got to the meat of the show. Then you got to the Rocky <laughs> Balboa, meat. the <laughs> Sylvester Stallone over the top. He enjoyed references. the meat. Um, <laughs> the, first, uh, the Sylvester Stallone say, over the top. Stammy Sags enjoyed the meat. The further up and further in segment. My first thought was, sweet Narnia reference. Second was that I was impressed by the depth and openness of thought about the subject presented. I found people with the seemingly same heart, thought, and struggle as my own. I had found my tribe. 
After listening to the next few podcasts, the inside jokes became funnier to me. Wait, Stammy Sags, the guy, have you seen his Facebook wall? He thought we were inappropriate. <laughs> that guy? The inside jokes became funnier to me as I was able to let down my guard and to appreciate and? the vague references to pop culture. I was in. Thanks for doing this. I feel like comrades in arms with the guys in the entire pub, even though I have never met any of you. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly. Uh, fast forward to last week. <laughs> when he met everybody. <laughs> when he met everybody. Yeah. Uh, God, uh, this is from uh, Patrick Gott, the horrifying uh, author the, of... The person I used to think highly of. I was fine with him, but <laughs> shit. Called Trailer Park... No. 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 So Michael, turn it off. Delete it immediately off your soundboard. He's I'm not really... even fucking kidding. It's called Trailer Park Theology. The inglorious pastors are an irreverent voice for the deeper theological realities of our world who have made a home for the misfits and miscreants that make up the body of Christ. So if you like theology and Hot Pockets, if you feel more at home in a dive bar than in a church, the white trash liturgists are for you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's very... God, we need a fucking t-shirt. It says the white trash liturgists. That shit would sell... Like hotcakes. Oh, we need to God. we need to change the name of our podcast immediately white to the white trash, trash liturgist. And we need to run that by Hillary. We need to have her on and yeah. uh, see what she thinks. So pull up that. a lawn chair, grab an IPA, and make yourself at home. You're pull welcome up here. A lawn chair. <laughs> That's pretty good. That almost makes up for I the just, horrifying song say, you wrote. As I as I parked into the or as I drove into the driveway, Matt was on a lawn chair in his driveway drinking. So his ninth it's, beer of the it's, afternoon. It's not inaccurate. No, it was my third beer of the, the afternoon. The pull up a lawn chair is not inaccurate. <laughs> That's great. Fucking white trash litter just no, it's, I know. I love it. All right. Uh this is from um Angela Diane. Dion D I A N Dion Diane. Probably Diane. Probably Diane. Angela. It's called I Found My Tribe. A few years ago, my faith imploded, and I threw out all the internal furniture. It was a vast wasteland for a few months, and then I started finding people who had gone through what I had gone through. Following the podcast rabbit trail, I came upon the pastors and was drawn to their humor and honesty. I was just a listener for quite a while, and finally bit the bullet and became a Patreon supporter so I could join the pub on Facebook. I found my tribe, all caps. I kind of knew I had found it just listening to these three hosers and their guests. Must be a Canadian thing. Well, this, I think this is Angie Dix. Good day, hoses. Yes, Angie Dix. <laughs> Put another shrimp on the but Canadian the barbecue. <laughs> I knew I, I kind of knew I found Canadian it. Canadian bacon, Michael. Just listening to the three hoses from the guests, but the community solidified it. I highly recommend this podcast, unless you hate inappropriate humor that makes you laugh out loud and honest discussions about navigating faith and life and being a human being. Keep it up, pastors. Angela, Ella, Ella. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and then finally. Uh, from the country that doesn't actually exist, Australia. Where? Never heard of her. It's a myth. By Tim Bennett, Brisbane. Brisbane. Tim or, or is it Brisbane? It's Bris- Bris- Brisbane. Is it's it Brisbane? Brisbane, right? Is it? In America, it's Brisbane. Like it's bloody Brisbane. Bloody Brisbane. <laughs> Brisbane. 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 <laughs> that's that sixth drink. That's when, you had, <laughs> that's when you've had full Faustus. Uh, it's called It's the Impossible Polished Turd. I never believed you could polish a turd until I heard the Inglorious Pastors podcast. Thanks. I knew it was possible to sprinkle glitter on a turd, but the pastors have polished one. People in traffic think I'm using drugs because I end up laughing uncontrollably at the sheer silliness of the merry men of Pastorville. I've never considered using dick jokes to convey deeper truths, but the pastors demonstrate this ability on every episode. Sorry, spiritual gift. Excuse me, every epitode. Nice. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. 
Thanks, Timmy Tim. He's on Twitter. Is he in the pub? Did I? I thought he was. I feel like I added him to the pub, and then I never heard from him again, but he does add us on Twitter. I think he, I thought he was. I'll have to look. Pretty sure he is. Anyway, we'll look later. I think, I'm pretty sure he's in the pub. Anyway, thank you for those. Uh, for our international listeners, if you leave us a comment on something other than the American iTunes, let us know. Let us know because I don't check that very yeah. often. And so sometimes they kind of fall through the cracks. What's his name again? Tim Bennett. No, he's not in there. Oh, okay. I thought he was. I thought he was. He should be in there. Yeah. Tim, come on. Dollar we, up. We got a Randy Bennett in there. Oh. No, Tim. Randy. <laughs> Uh, Brad, anyway. what do you got there? Um, hmm. Top ten. Top ten. And man, we had a bunch because it was from a couple weeks, but I just kind of just randomly found shit because I didn't feel like dealing with it. Uh, number ten, <laughs> Ryan M. It's my day off, and they just get, it can get fucked. Uh, Ryan M. At your, pop, pop your, commitment, your commitment is admirable. Yeah, I think we've all phoned it in at this point. Um <laughs> Uh, Ed Pastor's podcast finally listened to the highly anticipated episode 161. My biggest takeaway, it may well be time for humanity to stop making scapegoats, but still, hashtag your mom is dead to Richard Rohr. <laughs> Number nine, David Sluss at Dave the Explorer. Hi, Dave. Uh, I barely got to see Dave this past Dave didn't week. bring any of his family members this time. Yeah, I, know. I barely recognized <clears throat> him without somebody. <laughs> Richard Rohr on Pastor's podcast, episode 161. You're afraid that he would actually listen to the podcast. Relax. In my dotage, I barely understand half the stuff you guys are laughing at. He has me beat by more than two decades, so you're probably safe. Who is that? <laughs> Hashtag Slus. Uranus in uh, retrograde. Hi, Dave. I it's love a solid you. hashtag. <laughs> Number is that eight. What we landed on yeah. Uranus in retrograde. <laughs> Melissa Sweet. Murray. I was talking to somebody. I was, talk, I was talking to Mandy, and I said, you know, like. It is like the perfect metaphor or picture of what this podcast is that we have Richard Rohr, our theological hero, our spiritual father, our spiritual father on the podcast to interview him. And we also end up with the hashtag Uranus and retrograde. Yeah, it kind great. of is pretty much a microcosm of what this is. Yep. Uh, number eight, Melissa Murray at Espresso Mama three. Do yourself a favor. Order Universal Christ by Richard Rohr, and then check out these two amazing podcasts. Ricky Rohr. Pastor's Podcast, and then another one. Uh, spoiler alert, you'll go to church. <laughs> What's the other one? I'm not saying it. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> you'll... The liturgist? No, don't worry about it. Uh, spoiler alert, you'll go to church, have your views challenged, and get great beer recos <laughs> while wondering why hashtag Uranus is in retrograde. <laughs> Number seven, Zach Crater at Zach Crater. At, at uh, Bros, Bubbles, and... Uh, <laughs> no, this is at Zach Crater. Oh, okay. This is from his personal oh, account. Oh, he didn't oh, get tweet personal. from Next Bros, level. Buttholes, and Ball Sacks. Uh, he didn't want to drag Scott. He can't talk about Roar on the official account, because that one fundamentalist guy on their podcast Scott, will get Scott pissed. Get pissed. Oh, yeah. uh, not sure Richard I can... Not, not sure I can love a person I haven't met more than Father Roar. Yeah. And I love how giddy you all were. A great listen for sure. Yeah. I laughed. I cried. Richard fucking roar yeah. i know man God, hashtag, so fun, in spite man. of your guests the episode hashtag is so on brand hashtag uranus and retrograde <laughs> number six christopher allen maloney at maloney's movies at pastor's podcast all this talk about over the top and no holds barred and you can't give suburban commando one little mention hashtag uranus <laughs> and retrograde Who's in suburban commando oh let's look that up i am <laughs> sounds like a hulk hogan vehicle TV. <laughs> I, why do I, re I remember Suburban Oh, Commando? it's Hulk Hogan. Is it? It's Hulk Hogan. Yes, I totally guessed that right. And Christopher Lloyd. 
Wow. And Shelly fucking Duvall. Shelly Duvall! Jesus. I must have seen that somewhere in my childhood. Wait, Shelley wait. Duvall, wasn't, Larry Miller. Wasn't Shelly Duvall? Uh, she was in The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We got to rent that many. <laughs> do no, we? I don't think we I do. I don't think we do, buddy. Somebody send me a Hulk Hogan that. is Shep Ramsey. Shep Ramsey. Yes, indeed. Mm. I got to see that. <laughs> okay. Uh, number five, Fitzy at jfitz432. Uh, at Pastors Podcast, Brad slams wrestling five minutes after saying Scarface is his favorite movie. I didn't say that. I said Scarface was my guilty pleasure movie, not my favorite movie. Uh, a movie where a little Cuban man dies in a mountain of cocaine, living in a house that looks like if Juggalos won the lottery. Everyone makes questionable life choices. Hashtag Uranus in retrograde. Not my favorite movie, but I'm just saying it's my guilty pleasure. And if it's on television, I'm stopping and watching. Say hello to my little friend. That and a few good men. Uh, no, it's uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, that's a well, I like that too. too. Yeah, but that's not a guilty pleasure. That's just a good film. All right, uh, that's four, the one I have to stop. I'm not watch. sure. See, that's the thing. I'm not sure Scarface is actually that good of a movie. It I probably think. is. Like, it really isn't. Yeah. Don't think it holds up. But unless you're watching so... MTV Cribs a lot. And where are we at on Al Pacino's Al a good actor? Al Pacino is no. so over the top in that movie. Like, I love it. I just I, like he's I sort love of by movie. default just... considered a good actor. Is he though? Uh, Bill, yeah, I don't Bill know. Hader is a better Al Pacino. See, I I. I'm kind of on the. I'm not sure Al Pacino is as great as people think he is. Yeah. Same with Robert De Niro. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I don't know, man. Have you seen Raging Bull? That movie's fucking fantastic. Mm. He is really damn good in Raging Neither Bull. Neither one of them are, are no Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> or Hulk Hogan for that matter. <laughs> uh, number four. I immediately regret putting this one in now. Patrick Gott at Patrick uh, underscore Gott. Pat, 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 Patrick uh, Gott. Yeah, that's yeah. Two things. Fun one, fun fact, the technical term for goosebumps is pilo erections. Number two, at Maloney's movies comments on spiritual fatherhood caused some tearful pilo erections. He spoke for many of us, literally dozens. Jesus, do you have a filter, Patrick? <laughs> hashtag like, No, it's Maloney movies who said that. Hashtag sweet sweet Debbie in handcuffs. Hashtag natural paper gut. Oh my god! Uh, I feel like natural paper cut would have been the better option. I number wish it'd three. been anything other than what it was. Yeah. Uh, number three, Tim McMahon at McMahon versus Wild. Vince's brother. <laughs> really good. Vince's brother. That's a really good handle. What Fair is it? Uh, McMahon versus Wild. Uh, at Pastors Podcast, really enjoyed the Roar interview. I've listened to it four times already. Wow. wow. I have listened to it once, and that will yeah. be the only time I, I listen to it. I have never listened to it. That being I said, someone might want to let Matt know that Ice-T and Ice Cube I are got, two different I know. people. <laughs> Hashtag Uranus. I quoted NWA Hashtag and not Ice-T. I apologize. Number two. I'm not, hey, I'm not fucking let, Brandon let Andrus. Matt, I, I called Matt out on being grumpy about that. I wasn't grumpy <laughs> about it. I wasn't grumpy about it. Did, did, was that the impression you got here, off here of he it? Here he comes. Was here that he the comes. impression you got when you read back? I wasn't. I didn't read through all of it. I okay. I look for shit I can use, and that's pretty <laughs> much it. I literally was not grumpy about it. I didn't. I just didn't know what he was talking about. I literally didn't. Brandon and I even had a conversation about it. I wasn't angry. I was fine. I Brandon just didn't know what he was, called to check up on you. I didn't hey. know what he was talking about. Hey Tim, you really know how to get under Matt's skin. No, Congrats. fuck the both of you, and fuck you, Tim. All right. Keep, <laughs> there keep, it is. For keep, starting all of this. Keep asking him questions about rap. 
I did. I literally just didn't know. I was curious. I didn't know what he was referring to because I couldn't remember the quote. No, he wasn't mad about it. He's fine. He's totally fine. Don't worry about it. No, you know what I'm fucking mad at? I'm mad at you two dickholes for making me seem like I'm angry and I'm really fucking not. I'm angry at you two assholes, not Tim. He's fine. You just said fuck you, Tim. Yeah, because he started all this. He got you guys all riled (laughs) up. And number number two, Victoria Tazinski at Victoratron. I am Victoratron. I love how the third slash epitode. She said 152. Should be 162. 162. Right? Yeah. Pre foofy shit show is just the pastor's podcast repeatedly screaming, Do you understand now? Yeah. And arguing about how to parent their listeners. Hashtag sweet, sweet <laughs> Debbie and A and Cuffs. Oh, God. Oh, yes. And then number one. <laughs> I don't know Laurel. fast forward, but. Laurel. Laurel. <laughs> Can I can I read this, please? Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. God, I want to be home so bad. Uh, Like more eight twenty, more than normal. All right, go ahead. Uh, you all right over there, buddy? Yeah. You sure? Mm-hmm. All right. Stephen Dunn at Stephen Dunn's Beard. Dun, 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 at Pastors dun. Podcast, I'm reviving my Twitter just to make it known that my elementary lunchroom monitor God was hashtag sweet, sweet Debbie. <laughs> and yep. And that's totally true. Yep. Uh, Steinsville Elementary, baby. Yep. Yeah, biatch. She no longer works there. She, she was is retired. that young and mom is that old. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he... I, I forgot about that. I read that. I was like, oh, that's right. He... <laughs> I, she would probably remember him. Oh, I'm I sure if she we were would. like, hey, do you remember Stephen oh, Dunn? She'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. He's I mean, so she, sweet. my yep. mom remembers has an incredible memory every for stuff like that. human being she has ever well, come across. She'll come it's up insane. and go, oh, do you remember so-and-so? I'm like, no, you went it's to a, school with him. It's no. an on-running, it's an on-running yeah. family joke that when she starts in, I'll look at my dad and he'll just grin and we just grin at each other because she'll oh, do you know so-and-so? Yeah, I, I ran into mm-hmm. so-and-so the other day. Do you remember so Yes. Yes. Yep. That's the way mm-hmm. you just say yes because yeah. I think we spent the night together one yeah, night. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's uh, yeah. That's hilarious. I had totally forgotten that she was his lunchroom. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for that, monitor. Steve. Appreciate yeah. it, buddy. Thanks right. for bringing up that memory. Hi, Steve. <laughs> of sweet, sweet Debbie and handcuffs. Oh, Stevie, Stevie, done. Thank you to all our listeners who voted that as the most important hashtag of the uh, episode. <laughs> yes. I really as appreciate it. Against my uh, better judgment and will. So fuck all of you. <laughs> and fuck you, Michael, because you agreed with it. It's the best hashtag we've ever had. No, it's fucking not. <laughs> Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay, oh, I'm done. <laughs> Believe me, I'm fucking done. I'm more done than you will ever know. <laughs> Hit the button, Michael. Come on. I'm just waiting for you to finish. Uh, no, I'm done. Uh, okay. That's what my wife says every night. All right. Wow. Well, there, you go. there it is. That's great. Is that what you wanted to hear? No. Okay. <laughs> Waiting for you to quit talking. Well, we paid close attention and we wrote them all down. Now it's time to decide our hashtag. Woo. Hashtag podcast impotent. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Vince Office Max. Oh, shit. I forgot about that one. Hashtag Jimmy Smith's jazz album. (laughs) 
I've got that. That's too. pretty good. <laughs> Hashtag flat face dogs. <laughs> Putting on the smits. <laughs> Hashtag license to drill. What? Oh God. Oh no. <laughs> what? What? Dick's license. What else is? What has Jimmy Smith's been in? Uh, he was in NYPD Blue. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. <clears throat> and what are you playing Star Wars, Michael? Bail or gone. There you go. You know what's weird? I can't, I can't. Jimmy Smith's and what was the... God damn it. What was the guy in the 80s and 90s that was popular? Uh, Ricky Michael Schroeder? Ch- no, Michael he was... Chiklis? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, he was in... Uh, he was in... Uh, <laughs> what's the movie? God damn it. I want to say Cuba Gooding Jr. It's not Cuba Gooding Jr. He, he was like a... God, what's his name? What movie was he okay, in? Okay, so he was in... Uh, what's the... <laughs> God damn it. What is the movie that uh, was the soundtrack... Was The soundtrack was uh, Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi. What was that? Young movie? Guns. Young Guns. He was in Young Guns. Jimmy Smith's? No. I get Jimmy Smith's in this guy. Emilio Estevez? No, it was... Charlie Sheen. No. Hold on, let's find out who's in Young Guns. No, it's not Emilio Estevez. I know. Christopher Maloney is freaking the fuck out right now. Yes, he is. Um, Why can't I think of his name? Kiefer Sutherland. Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah, Lou Diamond Phillips. (laughs) Fucking A. I always get Lou Diamond Phillips and Jimmy I can see why, because they look fucking nothing alike. (laughs) No idea Jesus. Lou Diamond Phillips was in Stargate Universe. Fun fact. (laughs) His name in that movie was Chavez E. Chavez. <laughs> Charlie Sheen's name in that movie? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Charlie Sheen's in that, that name in that movie? Dick Brewer. <laughs> Dick Chavez Brewer. Chavez. Chavez E. Chavez. What the fuck? What is dead or It's like alive. the rock. Whoever wrote it was just like. Jimmy Smith's looked nothing like Lou Diamond Phillips. He don't look anything alike. Nothing alike. Not even close. Well, here's what's hilarious. So, like, the writers were like, what do we name this guy? Lou Diamond Phillips. He looks, I guess, kind of Mexican. Uh, let's call him. <laughs> fuck. Uh, Chavez. Chavez. What else? Chavez? Well, he was. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Chavez. Yeah, that's it. Chavez E. Chavez. Uh, all right. On all right. Good God. Lou's like, is there a check? Yes. All right. What's your fine. favorite Lou Diamond Phillips movie? Or I don't know any. Young I, Guns? I like, well, Stargate Universe is pretty great. Uh, I'd also say The Triangle, the sci fi miniseries. Pretty yeah, good. I didn't see that. Never heard of it. Literally. It's about the Bermuda Triangle. It's great. It's great. Okay. Uh, One of four. Uh, wait, I'm not done. You're not done yet. Uh, Creepy Gerald and Mikey Dick. <laughs> Hashtag Mama went out on the town. Oh, gross. <laughs> then hashtag dies in a mountain of cocaine. <laughs> <clears throat> hashtag Vince Office Max. <laughs> hashtag it's going to be the winner. Hashtag Jimmy Smith's jazz album. Hashtag Arkansas Face Hound. <laughs> That's gonna, that might be my favorite, hashtag actually. Hashtag Insuffa Turds. <laughs> oh, shit. No. Hashtag Shit Layer Cake. <laughs> Hashtag Christ Puffs. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> Open Vagina Ass and Titties. No. That's already a hashtag. Pretty sure. 
Sorry, Zach Hunt's fans. <laughs> I can smell it through the screen. <laughs> Oh, oh, do Adriatic. (laughs) 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 Hashtag creepy Gerald. Also forgot, smells like low tide. (laughs) Hashtag white trash liturgist. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Chavez E. It's like a Spanish law firm. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I've got Christ Puffs, uh, Soft 2, Smooth Jazz by Jimmy Smits. Here's my my, my, uh, CK1 and Tuna. (laughs) I I think I said... Snapchat smell vision <laughs> Did I say that? I don't know. I think I've definitely did. thought it. <laughs> definitely thought. Now we're going to start having hashtags of shit that Michael just thinks. Oh, dude. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you'd be here for hours if I, if I logged all that shit. Uh, uh, creepy uh, Gerald. Uh, dick released on, bo- on bail. <laughs> uh, licensed to drill. Uh, and then the white trash That's kind of a gotta be that's a that's got gross. to be a porn already, that's got, right? Get like, there's oh, there's yeah. got to be a James Bond parody license to drill. Yeah, it's there a, has to be <laughs> shaving Ryan's private. I'm looking at James up. Bone license to drill. James Bond, but it's spelled boned. <laughs> Is it a thing? Well, there's a documentary called License to Drill. Hmm. It's not about the porn industry. It's about John Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Roger documentary. Yeah, What's well, your favorite that's, that's porn really, series? That's, License to Drill or that's, Rambone? That's really fucking disappointing that that's not a porn. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. There's got to be one. Look harder. That's definitely a porn. <laughs> that's look who's talking. <sighs> what are we doing here? License to, License to Drill Louisiana Twins? That is definitely a porn No it's not Louisiana Twins licensed to drill Is not a a porn That's our our game next week We're going to play a game called Is it a porn (laughs) Porn or not Yeah. (laughs) Um, Arkansas What was your Arkansas face hound I do like that a lot uh, I like O to Adriatic a lot. I like CK1 and Tuna. <laughs> See, that's re- that's a little too on the nose. <laughs> God. Or it's in so the great. nose. Um, I like Vince Office Max. I like Arkansas Face Hound. And white, white Trash Liturgist. I like White Trash Liturgist, and I like O to, o to Adriatic. <clears throat> I don't really care. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> all those are really good. Um, we all three had Vince we, Office Max. Where, where, where do we land on 
open vagina ass and titties. <laughs> no, I'm going to say no to that titties one. Titties spelled T-I-D-D-I-E-S. No. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> uh, what about Arkansas face round? That's, that's a pretty strong one. <laughs> That's okay. No, we can't. We can't fucking do that. What do you mean you can't do CK? No, we. (laughs) What do you mean you can't do it? So why why do you think that that's dirty? Why would you just assume that? Why is that dirty? Are you fucking kidding me? What do you have against CK one, Matt? (laughs) But if Richard Rohr is 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 on on Twitter. What's he is he gonna be like? Oh, that's definitely a vagina joke, <laughs> cheap prostitute vagina joke. I'm I'm not picking. You guys pick. Uh, god damn it! All right, I guess it's I can smell it through the screen. <laughs> <laughs> what about white trash liturgists? I like that one. I also like smooth jazz by Jimmy Smiths. <laughs> that's actually that's actually pretty good. Let's do that. Smooth jazz by Jimmy Smiths. I, I, I vote for white trash liturgists. I went like white trash no, liturgists, right, too. Okay, all right. All right. If, <laughs> here we go. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you've listened to this episode in its entirety, hit us up on social media with the hashtag, hashtag white trash liturgists. I don't know what a fast forward button is. Um, we are on Twitter at Pastors Podcast. At Polyname Matt. At MJ Basinger. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast. We're on Instagram at Inglorious Bastards. Uh, if you want to do a take, you know, take a picture of the liturgists and paste our head on them. That'd be great. <laughs> Not Hillary, though. Not Hillary. Just us and Hillary. We'll, we'll be the other three. Yes. <clears throat> um, it's time for Pull It Out. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you. Subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Check out our website, ingloriouspastards.com. Support for support us on Patreon to join the Pastors Pub. Get access to our spinoff podcast, Bias Rounding, help shape the content of this show. What are you laughing at? Just laughing like, at Ode to Adrian. Uh, big thanks to Brian Stapleton for this round, helping shape the content. Best joke I've made on this podcast in decades. In oh, decade. I don't know, man. Hot Penny Latte, maybe you're... Uh, I cannot believe that didn't win. Anyway, Patreon.com slash Bastards Podcast. Check out our friends the Twisted Sisters on their uh, podcast feed. Don't forget to ask the void. 484-PASTERD. That's 484-727. Next week? uh, 8373. No, it's not for a while. Oh, okay. I'm just going to start promoting it to get get questions locked up. So, that's it. That's all she wrote. Hey, what did you guys think about the third? You like that? It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. It's a great way to go out in style. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate all the encouraging, like, just really kind words from people that, that were given to us. Like, it was just, it was really yeah. nice. We're, we're, we're very, we are very grateful to all of you for yeah. listening and supporting and verifying and just... Except you, Patrick. God, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. Patrick, got your God. A, you're a saint. No. No, 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 not really. No. You are the hero we don't deserve. No, but the you, uh, you guys just, for. you guys, what, verify? Not verify, what's the word? No. Um, Spotify? No. 
validate. They Spotify. Yeah, you Spotify everything. You validate. You validate our work that we thought we had the message we had for a long time. We're grateful. Thank you. Yep. Stop it. Turn that off. God, Michael, you absolute ghoul. Michael. Michael. I'm not even wearing my shirt. God damn it, Michael. Michael, it is 8.36. Turn it off. Sweet can I stay with you? I hate you so much. Cause that blind folks getting tired around those eyes. Jesus Christ, man. You're just the worst person ever. Hey, it's not even. I'm just trying to promote. Oh, oh, that's right. Yes, that's what you're doing. Michael, turn the goddamn thing off. Oh, God. Oh, I just want to kill you.